is so hard. President Bush continues to urge patience. And success will take months, not days or weeks. The war in Iraq is foreclosed. Right. Let's get to the important stuff, okay? Let's uh, get our priorities. Let's get our ducks in a row. There's another stupid expression. Whoever saw a bunch of ducks in a row? <laughs> Just this uh, morning. Did you really? Well, that's how they walk. You know, the mother duckling, uh, the right. duck, and all the little And then they walk across ducklings the street. Uh, all in a row there. And splat. That oh, makes it easy yeah. to hit them when they're all in a row like Man. that. Maybe that's why they're so gamey. Maybe they get splattered out there on the highway. I don't know what that's all about. I'm just not a duck guy, you know. Although ducks are cute, you know, they're yeah. they're fun. Mm-hmm. Although not the, the certain kinds of ducks, like the ones you're talking about, where little ducklings, you know, follow them yeah. out across the street. Not those Florida mutant ducks. No, not like those ones that like they uh, escape from leave Chernobyl. The droppings all over the place. And uh-huh. like, oh, those are Ooh. the nastiest ducks. Of course, that's the Florida thing. You know, there's a lot of nasty yeah. crap in Florida, and a lot of that crap. Although here we got pigeons. Speaking of crap, oh brother. You ought to see out on my patio. In fact, you know something? If I ever decided to take the magic leap. <laughs> Who was I talking to about that the other day? We, uh, we were talking about, oh, yeah, with a mutual friend of mine. And um, we were discussing that that's probably not the really good way to commit suicide. Not that there's a good way, not that I'm suicidal, although Monday I sure was. Monday was, like, uh, close to it. Monday I really gave it some thought. But... If I went out on the patio and put, like, one leg over the uh, railing there, uh, that would be probably the yeah. last thing I would see would be all the pigeon droppings on my balcony out there. And not only did the pigeon crap bug me, but the way they, uh, oh, coo, coo, that, oh, those horrible sounds they make, you know, coo, 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 choo, you know, whatever the hell they're saying, which really isn't very... Nice! No. I think I'm going to be like Ted Williams, and in my aging years, I'm going to spend all of my time shooting pigeons with BB guns. That's, that's what he used to do outside Fenway Park, Ted Williams. The splendid splitter! I wonder if his head is still frozen or what. Oh, speaking of that, you know, yesterday, and I, I did check it out. There is no Cold Stone Creamery in Canada yet, and they're not looking for, like, individual... What the hell was that? Oh. Huh? Hmm? You must be fax. faxing me something to scare the hell out of me. Huh? Sorry, didn't mean to send you a scary fax. No, it just uh, it sounded like it was <laughs> one of those fire alarms. It was, no. it was not the usual, that kind of a beep. It was I a see. different kind of a beep. Oh, oh no. And let's see what it is for the pool. Oh, here we go with the pool. Ah, oh, jeez, Mario. It's only the third one we've got. Air freshener maker. Well, Mario, you're a good guy and freshen this, okay? Freshen it up. I play a fart sound, but we can't. P.S. I would never be able to make enough fresheners to make South Florida smell good. He says, well, you can say that again. The stench of cow manure, as the mad dog would say, is just permeating through the air. Ooh. So what was I just about to say about the ice cream? Cold Stone Creamery is not here. And they're not looking for... Because I thought it would be a really good uh, franchise thing to get into, you know? Yeah. But it's not. Well, it could be, but they're not looking for that. They're looking for, like, people who've got a lot of experience, like, in the ice cream business and uh, in marketing. Yeah, people who are already in that kind of business. So it leaves me out. What the hell do I know about that crap? But it just sounded like something good. Like a good scam. The closest one to here where I'm sitting right now is Amherst, New York. 
And there's also one in Rochester. I could swim across Lake Ontario and be in Rochester in, in what, two, three days? Okay. I'll get on one of my rubber rafts, like those people in Hallandale this morning. I don't know why they made such a big uh, deal out of that story. Is that uh, unusual? A bunch it. of people coming in, huh? I must have missed it. More uh, raptors? Hallandale Beach, baby. Don't let me forget to get to my ice cream story. It's very embarrassing, but I, I don't mind. There's no embar- When you work for this company, there's no such thing as embarrassment. You know what I mean? Hallandale Beach. In other words, Oy! as many as 100 migrants aboard a wooden sailboat landed on the city's beach this morning. The boat ran aground a short distance from the beach in Hallandale Beach Boulevard and A1A around 7 o'clock this morning. TV cameras showed a number of passengers jumping into the rough surf and swimming a short distance to the nearby shore. Some appeared weak, disoriented, and seasick. Oh, maybe they just came off of one of Mickey Harrison's cruises. That might explain it. It was not immediately known if there were any injured in the voyage or the landing. Coast Guard was called in local police at the scene. Initial estimates had as many as 150 people on a rickety old wooden sailboat. Now they're saying about 100, as, as many as 100. Could be, like, a lot less than that. When I say as many as 100, could be... About 30, man. Yeah, it could be a lot less. They, they tend to hyperventilate. Oh, there's Hank is on the CNN now. The U.S. is holding five Iranian... Wow. Okay, let's get to the poll, and then I got a very interesting um, email that came in last night. I think it was last night, yeah. It was uh, from uh, one of our MySpace people, David. David, who just got married a short time ago to... Uh, what the hell was his uh, wife's name? Christine, is that it? Huh? I noticed Dave, David doesn't have a whole lot of friends there on his uh, page. Well, what does that usually tell you? Well, like uh, Josh said, he only has friends that he knows in real life on his friends page, so there are a lot of people that do that. Well, but uh, there's a lot of celebrities on there. Right. See, when I see somebody that's got a profile page and it's got all these celebrities on there, like al- almost no real people, it tells me either, A, this is somebody that doesn't have any friends, or B, it's uh, ersatz. Uh, one of those things. I don't know. But anyway, thanks, David. I'll get to your thing in a minute. Here's the poll from yesterday, 1,353 vote. My idea of an, uh, of an ideal vacation, I can't even read that. I don't like the way it's worded. My idea of an ideal vacation is jetting off to another country, 350. That's my idea. And, boy, it's not long now. Oh, some of us are going to be going on vacation really, really soon. Like today is Wednesday, March 28th already. And starting toward the ass end of next week, some of us are going to be heading off to have a really fine time. It's going to be very, very nice. Trust me. Tropical Island, 226. Cross-country excursion, 115. Like maybe a trip to Yuma, Arizona. Maybe pick up a hitchhiker on the way. Mm. Staying home, drinking beer, watching TV. You know, those were really the days. I'm sure a lot of punks today don't... When you talk about picking up hitchhikers, it's almost like an alien idea. To right. Them. Because today you'd have to be a crazy person to pick up a hitchhiker because they're all like, you know, druggies and uh, criminals. Absolutely. Slime balls. Back in Murderers, the day, though, I, I don't know what... Huh? Murderers, rapists. Right, all of these uh, all of these things. things. But once upon a time, you could actually pick up hitchhikers, and they were like uh, people trying to go from someplace to someplace else. And sometimes it turned into an interesting relationship, if you catch my drift. I'm sure you do. Because Staying home, drinking beer, watching TV. How boring, 114, especially the drinking beer part, you know. Vegas Casino, 95. So, hey, Neil, you going to Vegas anymore? Let's hear about those uh, penny slots, Neil. Thank God that I'm perspective. Well, I'll get to that uh, David's thing in a minute. I'll pat myself on the back. Sea Cruise, 89. Leaving the spouse and kids at home and going alone, 86. A beach, 63. Ski Resort, 61. I still, I still don't get that whole. I don't understand it. See, with me, I mean, as a kid, of course, growing up in upstate New York, we had lots and lots of snow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had the snowball fights and stuff like that. But Did you go uh, sledding? 
No, yeah, I had a little sled. Yeah. It was like a little a little pansy with a sled. And I was it fun? No. Oh. I hate this pool 47, 3.4%. Oh, because you keep falling off and then you get in the... See, the snow is cold and wet. I know that comes from you're not going to right. Florida. But snow is cold and wet and it's not really as much... There are people who say, oh, I'm going to see snow for the first time. Wow. Yeah, big deal. You can have it. And, and you should be interested in knowing there is no snow after yesterday's uh, balmy temperatures here. There is no snow. It's all gone. No winter time left, at least here. Oh, wait a minute. Let me let me take a look. I think I'm wrong. You know where I think I see some? Yeah. No, it's not. It's a, it's a white roof. I thought maybe it was snow. I was looking up on the roof. Thanks again, by the way, Chicken Egg, for that great CD. What a talk The crying shames. Boy, they were really good. I might just play It Could Be We're In Love today. I was so uh, hot to try to get that. And one of my uh, people out there on MySpace said, hey, you can get it from Amazon.com. And I went on there yesterday and I ordered it and uh, express expedited international shipping. And it's probably going to show up today or tomorrow. And then like two hours later, I get the um, FedEx package from Chicken Neck that I get every week with his disc and with uh, some various other assorted sundry crap. And then there is uh, The Crying Shames. The exact one I just... Well, it's only 23 bucks. That's about 10 seconds of Woodbine. Today is Woodbine Wednesday, by the way. Do I sound less than excited and enthused about yeah, that? Yeah, you could be a little bit more uh, slap happy. Today is happy. Woodbine Wednesday! Woo! 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 Yeah. All right. Big deal. Woo-hoo! <laughs> Boo! I think boo is more like... Okay, getting back. Vegas Casino 95, speaking of that. Sea Cruise 89, with or without Frankie Ford. Leaving the spouse and kids at home and going alone, 86, like almost anywhere, as a matter of fact. I, I mean, I just added that. I'm b- embellishing it a little bit, but then you know me. A Beach 63, Ski Resort 61, I read those. I hate this pool 47, only 3.4%. They liked it. And we forgot to ask the audience this morning. You like it? Yeah, they like it. Camping Out 45, a theme park 23, visiting relatives 22, feh, and a safari 17. A safari. You fairy. Oh, brother. I don't know what that. I just well, you know, to each his own. People have different tastes. There are people who want to go on vacation and you know do all sorts of perverted, wonderful things, which is great. That's right up my alley, so to speak. But uh, and then there are people who want to go watch animals do it. Oh, and speaking of that, <coughs> what's that big fat tubby guy in Hialeah that sends us all those uh, spazzing spaz? Okay, I don't know. He sent me last night a, a comment to approve to put on our MySpace page, and it was. I don't even know if I can describe it on the air. And it, w- it wouldn't go through. They must censor some of the stuff. It was a, it was a YouTube video of? of this little dog. And he was like trying to... There was another dog there, a mm-hmm. boxer. And he was trying to hump the other dog. I see. And then he got all whipped up into a frenzy. And he did... I don't even know if I can say it on the air. I've never... I have never seen anything like it in my life, and I'm so disappointed that it wouldn't go on there. Maybe maybe he'll try sending me again, spaz and spaz, because that's got to go on there. And the dog did his own... Um, how do I say it? I don't thing. know where you're going. I know where he was going. It was right between his legs. In other words, he was getting all excited about trying to hump this other dog, and the other dog had no interest. Oh, in he like did a Ron Jeremy. He did it. Well, no, no, not that no? much. With, with his paw. Oh, really? Yeah. O'Reilly, yeah. O'Reilly. I see. He did his uh, th- with his paw, and I thought, huh. geez, what is that all about? I know exactly what it's all about. I mean, I've been you around thought only raccoons could do that. I have never seen anything. I beg your pardon? Well, you know, I, right, know, I know monkeys, you know, oh, all the time, all day long, like that. Yeah, and they say back at right. you, you know. But um, so maybe spazzing spaz, we can work on that and get that on it. I mean, it's not, you know, we certainly don't want little children seeing something like that. Joe Rogers. Ah. Good morning, Americans. It's Paul Harvey. Stand by for news. Two board casino dealers, Fred and Pete, 
were waiting at the craps table when a hot blonde woman walked up and bet $20,000 on a single roll of the dice. I hope you don't mind, she said. But, fellas, I feel much luckier when I'm completely nude. She strips naked and rolls the dice, and as they come to a stop, she jumps up and down and screams, I won! I won! She then hugs both the dealers, picks up her money and her clothes, and quickly leaves. The dealers stare at each other dumbfounded. Finally, Pete says, well, what did she roll anyway? Fred says, I don't know. I thought you were watching. Now, page two. Billy is riding in a taxi cab when he taps the driver on the shoulder to ask him a question. The driver screams bloody murder, loses control of the cab, and swerves onto the sidewalk before stopping just inches from a lamppost. After checking to make sure Billy is okay, the driver says, I'm sorry, but you scared the daylights out of me. Apologizing, Billy says, I didn't realize a simple tap on the shoulder would freak you out so much. To which the driver responds, it's not your fault. Today is my first day driving a cab after 25 years of driving a hearse. Paul Harvey. <laughs> Good day. Good day. 1018 at 560 WQM. Happy Wednesday to No Marlin game today. Oh, boy. Yeah, four full hours of this. No calls today either. Oh, geez. I have that thing turned in the off position. I'll what get to will that we in do? a second. I beg your pardon? What shall we do? What shall we do? I don't know. How are we going to continue? How are we going to uh, make it all the way till 2 o'clock? It's only 10.18, old bean. Here's the poll for today, and obviously we're going to make our 1,000 votes real easy. Chris this morning, by the way, was uh, kissing my ass in a very, uh, I don't know, you're going to have to stop doing that. I thank you for hitting brakes on time. Well, I mean, you're... This is all new to him, you know, I, and I told him in the beginning that it would ruin his ability to work with other no, people. No, see, I have, this, I have the same bad habit, okay? I'm mm -hmm. one of those people, and... It, <laughs> no, there's it, it, one thing that... Little kissy-kissy is fine, but then people get a little bit put off by you. Know? Enough for the sucking. That's right, and so I've had to be potty trained about doing that with other people and don't go overboard and kissy-kissy, because, you know, a little bit of that is great, and it's uh, flattering and the, all that stuff, but after a while... Enough for the sucking. It just gets to be, uh, you know, nauseating, gross. Grotesque, like, you know, like puking your guts out. But anyway, uh, yeah, for hitting the brakes on time. I mean, I mean, I've been doing this for 100 years. Don't you understand that anybody who is a real broadcaster or even close to it doesn't... This is all very new to him. It's you new to me, yeah. Anybody who's a broadcaster doesn't need some punk sitting in there, oh, take the break already, well, it's time for the break. Uh, see, that's why I have you fax me the log every morning before the show, and I have my log here. The log, for those uninitiated <laughs> out there, is, is a list of the commercials that run and when they run and the breaks and what yada yada. And, and, you know, you take the break when you're supposed to take the break. We take the breaks at the same time here on this show, 12 minutes after, 26 after, 40 and 56 every day for years and years. It's like uh, falling out of bed in the morning like I did this morning, right on the flow. It, it just ain't that hard. And, of course, there are some people who aren't real broadcasters, and they just refuse to take the break, and those are just idiots. Those are people that should be dragged out of the studio, kicking and screaming. Kicking and screaming. Screamers. You know what I mean? You fair. Well, not those kind of screamers, necessarily. It could be, though. But anyway, you're welcome. I'm glad that, uh, um, you know, you're so easy to please, the fact that I take the breaks on time. And I hope that, uh, now you said that Hank Guerrero, one of our salespeople, I might like him. Yeah, you might like him. Now, George, have you met you've met Hank Guerrero? See, I'm not not being there, and thank God I'm not there. But uh, I don't know a lot of these people. Never met Hank Guerrero, and of course, I find as a salesperson, he's totally inept. I mean, that goes without saying. But he, uh, according to Chris, he might be a good-looking guy. He he's a good-looking guy, but I'm not sure if he's your type. Well, what what does that mean? How old is he? Uh, 
I don't know, mid to late 20s. Mm. Yeah, that sounds fine. A little, little old, but that's not too bad. And? And and nothing. I just I don't know if he's exactly your type. I'll uh, take a well, picture. What does that mean exactly that my type? I mean, I tend to be very picky, especially uh, that's for a what I'm talking about. Like that's I'm what I'm picky. saying. Well, I know that. I I know that uh, from based on the guys that uh, based on previous experience that you have found attractive. I'm not sure if he's quite <laughs> quite up I to see. your standards. Well, in that case, Hank, you better put you up a little bit, sweetheart. Otherwise, because uh, you know. Look at Ari Fleischer. Look at her, man. Is that look? Is that sad? Job is yeah, Look at that thing. What happened to her? My God. Looked like they put her head through a meat grinder. Anyway, here's the uh, poll for today. For a million dollars, I would blank. 901 votes. That's the good part. The bad part is that, once again, who, who sent us this poll? Let me see if I can find where this is. Who the hell sent this? Um... I can't find the original one. It's, it's, maybe it was Charlie B. I doubt it, though. This doesn't seem to be up to Charlie's standards. For a million dollars, I would. I hate this poll is leading 14.7%, 130 fold. That's bad. That is so bad. Almost 15% hate the poll. And you want to know why? Because we forgot to uh, clear it with him before the show this morning. Forgot. And I can't get this thing going. Forgot to ask. Do you like it? See, I got a thick finger there now. I was hitting like two buttons at the same time. Nothing worse than a thick finger. Of course, that all depends on where you're going to uh, stick it. Uh, vote Republican 117. For a million dollars, I do that. No, it would take me a lot more to do th- than that. In fact, there there is no price tag. Maybe a billion dollars, I might vote Republican. You know, then I can just say screw everybody, or maybe twenty million. Give up my favorite food for year one hundred two, and you never let me get to my ice cream story. Let me do that right after the uh, poll. Okay. Okay. I mean, that's not something I'm proud of. Yeah. But, no. No rush. Know, uh, for a million dollars, I'd work at QAM ninety six. No, I can't afford the pay cut. Not have sex for a year 90. Well, I can do that for free. Have gay sex 82. I can do that for free, too. Live it well sometimes. Live in South Florida 77. Kill some people 64. Now, that's a really good choice on the pool. And too bad that I wasn't uh, clever enough before the show to like uh, kind of like isolate that somewhere. So Kill some people. Yeah, so Mo could say it. And he would be one of the first ones, in fact. 64. No, that wasn't a death threat, Mo. That's just a little joke, okay? Don't start pulling a, uh, what's the guy's name again? With the wife? Which the guy one? That wants, huh? The guy that wants to be on the show. Don Sherwood? Don Sherwood. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Kill some people, 64. Oh, don't say that and Don Sherwood in the same sentence. Yeah, screw him and Joyce. Screw the both of them, okay? And have a good time doing it. Kill some people, 65 now. Not view porn for a year, 59. I know a million dollars wouldn't be enough for some people out there on that. No chance. Not view porn for a year? Oh, maybe for a week. 59. Not smoke for a year, 50. Well, I don't smoke anyway, so, you know, for free I can do that. And get married, 35. Out of 915 vote. I don't think that's such a bad poll to you. It's fine. It's great. It's a fine poll, but almost 15% are hating it, man. Uh, I hate them. Yeah, we hate you, all you people that voted I hate this poll. We hate you. We hope you would die a wicked death, along with uh, some of those other people we mentioned. You know what I mean? Not to mention any names. Like Roberta Sherwood or anybody like that. Yeah, so let me get let me get to this, and then I'll you know after the break. Oh no, let me do the ice cream thing first. Then I won't have to interrupt this this uh, David uh, MySpace thing. Ice cream. Yesterday we talked about Cold Stone Creamery. Okay, which I I won't say I'm obsessed with it because I haven't. Uh, first of all, I've never been into one of the places, 
and uh, my friend has brought home, and I've been down there uh, some of it a couple of times, and it's just it's just to die for. I mean, it's really great stuff. Have you been in there actually? No, I, I have not. But you've had it. I've had it. It has been brought into me. I see. And I don't really think it's necessary now. We're, oh, and so last night on the Squeal of Fortune, uh, it, it obviously was some kind of a promotional deal, and Vanna and Pat were eating. Um, the ice cream, Cold Stone Creamery, and they were promoting it. And at the end of the show, there they are, and they're both eating. Oh, this is really good. <laughs> you know, shovel it down their puss. So after a 10 to 1, when the ball game came on yesterday, the Marlin game, which means when the audience went goodbye, which wasn't very nice. And I, I would say by um, 1 o'clock, I was already uh, fully clothed and out the door and on the way to my neighborhood supermarket to buy me. And I, I don't know, well, whatever. I was just looking around, had another ice cream fit, you know. And what did I see in the uh, in the cooler and the freezer there in the ice cream uh, place? Briars score S K O R just like the score candy bars. Man, is that good stuff? Mm. That isn't just. And I told you, I usually hate most of like the Snickers ice cream is crap or the M Ms. The candy ice creams, most of them are really garbage. Very disappointing. Milky Way, ah, you know. I like those candies, but uh, the ice cream they make uh, horrible, horrible. But the uh, score happens to be a really neato flavor. And I, and they don't have it in pints, which is probably, you know, not a good thing for me. So I didn't buy a pint. I bought a liter. They don't have uh, quarts here. They have liter. Now, did we figure out is a liter more than a quart? I sure hope not. Oh, I better look it up during the break. Yeah, look it up. Because wouldn't that be disgusting to have more than a quart of ice cream? I have actually, I'm not going to go into it. It's too embarrassing. Oh, too late now. About half gallons. And oh, things boy. Like that. Well, I mean, I, 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 <laughs> hey, I'm a pig. What can I tell you? I'm addicted to it. It's like drugs. The more sugar you eat, the more you want. That's right. That's me. You bet. So I got me to take me to your leader. I did a score ice cream, and it sure made me feel really, really good. And then it sent me right to the uh, that magic room there for a very uh, wild experience. By the way. But nevertheless, well, it has that habit of uh, going right through you. 923 votes on the poll today, so thanks to everybody for my cold stone fix yesterday, and I'll probably be in a diabetic coma by 11 o'clock. Give Ricky a blow. There was a Video presents Cedarmont Kids Sing Along Songs. Over 60 of your favorite sing along songs on three fun loving videos or DVDs. Let's all get drunk tonight. I hope I don't fight with a punk tonight. Like a virgin. Touch for the very first time. This is an exclusive. TV offer. So call now for this priceless collection. Why don't we get drunk and screw? All right. Sounds like a plan to me. 1033, 2074, 11 at 560 WQAM. 935. This is the show that puts the Q in QAM. No question about that. You fairy. So anyway, last night I get this from uh, David. And uh, he's one of those people, I don't know, 
Back at the beginning on the MySpace, he was one of these guys that thought he was a real comedian, you know, and used to, like, uh, send yes. stuff that he thought was very funny. Everybody thinks they're uh, very funny and a real comedian, and uh, most of them are not. Not. Nice. Right. But uh, he's kind of like, I guess, I, maybe since he got married, I don't know. I have no idea. Although I'm sure you probably have. He's in St. Petersburg, David, and this is what he says to me. And this is not a big, uh, you know, it's just, it just sums up what happened on Monday on this show and kind of like changed my whole attitude about this show, about my mm-hmm. life, about uh, this company, about uh, everything in general. He says, yesterday's show, Monday, was exhausting to listen to because of those jackasses calling. It was the worst I have ever heard you. You sounded like a beaten man. It is astounding how you can rebound and come right back today, meaning yesterday. It is astounding, isn't it? Yeah. Well, not really, not for those of us who know you. <laughs> I know you to be very oh. bouncy. Yeah, I'm real bou- more bounced to be honest. Yeah. How can you continue to work for such bush league people is amazing, but wait till you hear this part of David's uh, goes to show you nothing is perfect. How you can continue to work for such bush league people is amazing, and a testament to your agent for getting you such a lucrative contract. Oh, yeah. My agent who I was on the phone with Monday evening for an hour and a half, screaming and yelling and just screeching. Which, you know, I'm, I'm, only once in a blue moon do I do stuff like that. Just screaming my brains out. Have I heard back from him? No. Did I get an email? No. A phone call? No. A message in a bottle? No. A uh, bunch of Cold Stone Creamery from uh, Rochester? No. By the way, it's on Monroe Avenue in Rochester for those. See, I could do that. Like, maybe this weekend I'll take a trip to Rochester just to go eat ice cream at Cold Stone. And then I'll come back cold and stoned and in a box. But anyway, it's good stuff. Anyway, he says, I remember a time when you had real callers. How far that station has fallen. Keep cashing the checks and try not to get angina. Kindest personal regards. Now, isn't that nice? It's nice. It's very I nice. Mean, not as nice as stuff I get from some of my other close personal friends on there who are really... Nice. You know, you know who I'm talking about. Right. And I thought you already had a mangina. But at any rate... I guess there's not that much sense in talking about what happened here on Monday because it was, like I said, the, the, yeah. uh, I drew the line in the sand uh, just, just to continue my sanity. And, and, you know, back when we started with the whole MySpace thing and all that Jacob business and I came on the air and totally, totally out of character for me and went through all that personal emotional uh, trauma and crap on the air. I mean, that, that was a devastating experience for me. I, don't ask me why, you know. I won't. Don't ask me, huh? I won't. Well, no, because I couldn't give you the answer. I don't know why that uh, bothered me so much. I just, I was a novice in that whole thing. And, of course, I'm stuck in there just, just like the thing with the show. I hang in there and I, uh, you know, continue uh, plodding along. And sooner or later you find some really great people on there who turn out to be really great friends and very supportive. And like, and like yesterday, that helped to turn this whole show around. Getting, uh, you know, all those messages and all this other uh, pat on the back and a little slap in the ass and kick in the ass. That's what you need sometimes. Go kick in the ass. Swift kick in the ass, baby. Can't hurt, especially when you're an old troll like me. So thanks, David. That was uh, very nice. Very, very, uh, oh, like I said, very nice. That's what I was trying to say. Wouldn't you think? Yes, it was. You said you sounded like a beaten man. I, I think that sums it up pretty well. And, I'm, and like, like I told you yesterday, there were actually times on Monday... A couple of times when I just felt like I wanted to get up. I mean, felt close. I've talked about it before, but close to getting up and just walking out of here and saying, okay, it's all yours, that's it. Now, why would anybody in his right mind, and of course, that's, that's the right. operative expression <laughs> in his right mind. I mean, leave me out on that. But why would anybody, you know, walk away, like this guy says, from such a lucrative contract <laughs> and all that money? 
you know, and, and because we because this company doesn't care enough. They're online. They're the they're the antithesis of Hallmark. You know, Hallmark's uh, for a year, a hundred years. Their uh, slogan has been. We care enough to send the, when you care enough to send the very best, send a Hallmark reading card. You know, like that. Mm-hmm. And these people don't care enough to send anything, much less the very best. They won't make an effort. They won't lift a finger. And so I think it's good that I stopped taking the calls for another reason, because it gives me time to sit here and just ramble on and, and, and just ream them and ask that they so richly deserve. They're unacceptable is what they are, totally unacceptable. And, and they don't get it. They're too stupid to even realize it. And when Josh Cordes tells me that Jolly Joe Bell took him to lunch a couple weeks ago and sat down and told him how wonderful everything was going here on QAM, I thought to myself, well, there's only one thing going to solve that. That's right. I'm not really sure where we start or who we shoot first. Maybe Joyce would be a good idea. Oh, he's threatening Joyce now on the air. First it was Don Sherwood, and now it's Joyce. Right. That's my choice. Oh, and uh, oh, and, and not, not in line with that. Totally separate topic. Made. Oh, brother. See, I look at that, and it's like a sick comedy show. If it weren't for all the dead and maimed people and the fact that, you know, we've done all these horrible things, grotesque stuff going on, if it weren't for that, it would be, uh, I guess, amusing. But you look at that, and you think to yourself... Retreating. Oh, yeah, trick-or-treating. That's what they're doing in Iraq, trick-or-treating. Mostly tricks. Not good ones, either. 945 votes on the poll. So, anyway, after Monday, I decided to give the, uh, the phone a long rest. Because we've got, you know, and again, it could be amusing. I mean, once in a great while, we've had days in the last couple of weeks where, you know, we just uh, diddled with the phone a lot. And there have been some people that had something to say that were either interesting or amusing or laughable or <laughs> a little chuckle. Or but that, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. I'm not going to take 31 years that I've worked in this market and, and go out like some kind of a fool, like some kind of a clown with a one share, which is what the station's got us on well on the way to doing. And take a look at the people you're talking to. You wasted your time in there with Clarence yesterday talking about the Don and Roberta Sherwood or whoever those people are. Well, what's, what's even the point? You could talk to the wall and get a better response. Well, even that dog that was uh, doing that uh, autoerotic behavior, whatever the <laughs> hell it was. No, I looked. I still haven't seen that back. Spaz is still looking for it, I guess. Or maybe the dog is looking for it. That was one of the most bizarre things I have ever seen. I thought I knew something about dogs, you know. I mean, I had a dog that had a fluffy blanket that he was very affectionate to, you know, like like that. I don't want oh, to be yeah. too graphic. He was, yeah. But uh, this dog was like uh, like like a poison. He just got emotionally overwrought, you know. 952 votes on the poll. It's like me on Monday. I got emotionally overwrought, and I had to, like, uh, step away, step back, and take a look at this whole thing and say to yourself, am I going to let five morons, five lunatics, a half a dozen, whatever it is, destroy the show and destroy my life and my, my brain? Whatever I got left, and the answer was absolutely no. not. No, not going to do it. And even if we had to play uh, music here, you know, like the Crying Shames. Thanks again, Chicken Egg. They, they were so good. It's really sad that you know a group that was so good just uh, they were here and gone just like that. Yeah, like what? Just like a raspberry. Well, that would have been good. Some raspberries on my ice cream. Mm-hmm. Mm, on my score ice cream. Wouldn't it? Yeah, I don't like raspberries. Well, why not? It's uh, one of the There's few fruits I don't like. You don't like fruit? No, no. I like all fruit except for raspberries. Raspberries are great. Nasty. Whatever it is. That, uh, that's fine. Strawberries. Strawberries are great. I love strawberries. Blueberries? You bet. Blueberries are a little mushy. I've got to be honest. Blueberries are a little mushy. You want huckleberries. They're like the, the firm wild blueberry. They're good. And the firm ones. How about blackberries are good? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I don't want to turn it into a racial thing, but man, they're blackberries. They are.
Scott Neal. Hey, we're watching the game. They need another five points to cover the spread. May the best woman win. Now, here's how to win. And it's easy. I believe I'm going to win. In a short time, you may be a winner. He's a real winner. You and the office crowd. Know the final four is going down. And you're hoping you're that someone to grab the cash and claim the pool. Well, I guess if you win moolah, you did good for yourself. Well, some new statistics now. And picking random could be wise. Gambling experts just might tell you it's better to go with choosing options. Or just guess that might be smarter. Hell, it's worth a try. You ain't done anything at work yet. You're too busy filling brackets out. When March Madness comes around. No more fooling around. I gotta get back to work. What's wrong with you? Get busy. Okay, I will. It's 10.46, 14 before uh, the hour QAM. I got a Doug Thompson article today. Aren't you excited about that? Yes, I am. Well, I don't want the people to think that just because I'm uh, shutting the phone down for a while, for like the next 400 years, that uh, I'm going to sit here and read, bop, 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 read the newspaper every day. That would be way too much. I don't want to overdo that. In fact, I'd rather sit here and eraculate, if I can say that. Maybe that's what that dog was doing. I, I, just check, I keep checking during every break to see if spazzing spaz has resent me that uh, YouTube uh, video. It was uh, very amusing. Very, it was astonishing is what it was. It was shocking, I think. That would be the word. I was shocked. And then after you think about it, it was amusing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like coming into work in this place. It's shocking. And then you think about it on payday, and it's kind of like <laughs> amusing. You know? Well, at least my check did show up on Monday. That was the good thing that happened on Monday. I can't think of anything else good the fact other than I did not jump off the uh, over the balcony. Not a good not a good way to do it. I was told you I was discussing that with... Uh, by the way, happy birthday, Dave. I called uh, our mutual friend yesterday, and, of course, I had forgotten that March 27th was his birthday, and he said, mm-hmm. didn't you call for another reason, like after 20 minutes of conversation? And I thought, uh, let's see, March, oh, yeah, happy birthday. I'm just not really great on some of those things, you know? Yeah, I use the uh, old electronic calendar to fake my way through. Do you? Oh, and, and you'll be pleased to know that all of the Cold Stone Creamier Ice Cream is certified kosher. It's kosher. Oh! Which I'm sure means it's kosher for Pesach, too. Tell Gary Sarda to go uh, cold stoned, which is generally how he looks anyway. But every now and then I do have some stuff here that I want to uh, pass along. Doug Thompson on Capitol Hill Blue, he's one of my very favorites because he opens up a mouth and he tells it like it is and he doesn't hold back. He doesn't care or, you know, about the fact that they're going to come and drag his ass away at 3 in the morning some night and we'll never hear from him again. He says, Senator Chuck Hagel, a conservative Republican who broke ranks with George W. Bush over the failed Iraq war, says senators on both sides of the political aisle now talk openly of impeaching the president. All right. Any president who says, I don't care, or I will not respond to what the people of this country are saying about Iraq or anything else, or I don't care what the Congress does, I'm going to proceed. If a president really believes that, then there are, what I was pointing out, there are ways to deal with that, Hagel said Sunday on ABC's This Week with George Stepp on top of us. Hegel has mentioned impeachment before, but this is the first time that he has said others on the Hill are talking about throwing Bush out on his corrupt ass. Oh, look at that. Here's a Norman Kent uh, sending me a message. Well, listen to that great from my uh, crack agent. Okay, anyway. Sadly, Hegel and others may now realize that the only way to deal with a power-mad despot like Bush is through impeachment. Bush has made it clear he has no intention of honoring the will of the overwhelming majority of people who want America out of Iraq. He has no intention of obeying the law, upholding the Constitution, or even displaying an ounce of simple human decency. Senate Democrats... 
Bush is an out-of-control madman, a crazed zealot driven by lust for power and an insane belief that he's serving the will of God as he leads a once great nation into the abyss. He is more dangerous to the security of this nation than any Islam-spouting terrorist or Middle Eastern dictator. The president who talks of defeating the axis of evil is himself the embodiment of evil. E e evil. Absolutely correct, sir. The Muslim extremists who call the U.S. a great Satan aren't all that wrong. We're a nation currently led by a political Satan, a devil with a drawl, a satanic cowboy who's taken this country into hell. Non-binding resolutions won't stop a desperate like Bush. Neither will withdrawal timetables that can pass the House but don't stand a chance in the Senate. And if by some miracle actually passed, both houses of Congress couldn't overturn a certain veto. It's too late for political posturing and legislative remedies. Bush must be stopped, and he must be stopped now. He must be removed from office by the swiftest legal means possible. That means impeachment. Absolutely. Nancy Pelosi must take the shackles off members of her own party who've already drawn up articles of impeachment against Bush. She must allow those articles to be introduced so the House can send Bush to trial before the Senate. Yes, I realize that impeaching and convicting Bush would hand the presidency over to Vice President Dick Cheney, the cold, callous mastermind of much of the Iraq war policy, but we must deal with one despot at a time. The survival of the nation is at stake, and that survival may well depend on the swift removal of George W. Bush from Orifice before it's too late, writes Doug Thompson. You go, Dougie. Nice going, baby. And, boy, we'll send you flowers, okay? Whenever that funeral is, if they even announce where the hell it is. Okay, now, do you want to... Should I read this out of here, whatever Norma, uh, Norma can't... Hey, Norma. You fairy. You bet. Let's bring everybody inside. Now, let's see. What, what is this? Is this to me? Oh, this is, this is from Joe Bell. This is the response from Jolly Joe Bell. I'll also be glad to probably I'll be late today, early tomorrow, before I can put this together. I'm leaving the station where we turn until mid to late afternoon. Feel free to call on me if you want to discuss. Absolutely nothing. Absolutely, positively nothing. It'll be late today, I guess, that I'm assuming uh, yesterday, or early tomorrow before I can put, pull this together. Yeah, pull this, Joe. Jolly Joe. But a beep, but a boop, but a bop, and uh, nothing. Absolutely nothing. You know, I, I could have easily on Monday, seriously, just gotten up and walked out of here and thrown 31 years down the toilet. And this is the kind of management, this is the kind of concern that Beasley Broadcasting and Jolly Joe Bell, who wouldn't know a talk show from his ass, this is the kind of concern that these people have. It's like, it's like wearing a jockstrap that's like sliced, you know, at, at the ass end and just you know, doesn't hold nothing together. I mean, not going to get much support from that baby. See how he, notice how I sneak the sports well, analogy in there? Uh-huh. Jockstrap. See, I know well which side my ass is buttered on. 987 votes on the poll, so that was very informative, Norma. It told me absolutely nothing that I don't already know, and that is that they don't care and they're not going to do anything, and I'll just continue fumbling my way along and taking the money. That's all I can do. That's all we can do here at WQM because these people, as they say in Ethiopia, Gornished Helfen, man, nothing helps. 988 on the poll. We're going to be dangerously close to 1,000 by the end of this hour. Wow. Holy rat man. Holy Rahman. And how come all those uh, Nachman? Do you know that that's my name in Hebrew, Nachman? Did you know? No, that? I did not. Well, now you do. I'm going to start calling See, it's you It's not even 11 o'clock, and you learned something muy, muy importante and informative on this show. And the price was right, too. It was free for all you malcontents out there. Oh, gee, Neil, when's George coming out of the closet, Neil? Same old tired crap, you know. So boring that it could put a Mexican jumping bean into a deep coma for ah. into a Kerry Shibo-like coma for a thousand years. But anyway, here's the poll result so far. And, and this poll's not exciting either. And, and now all of a sudden this one's frozen. It's like going to the damn dentist again. We keep getting frozen, man. 988. I thought we'd be zooming up to a thousand real, like lickety split. Oh, I can't say that. Lickety split. Yeah. Check with Joyce and see. Check if Joe Bell ever shows up again. 
For a million dollars, I would. I hate this poll. is up to 15%, 149. That's just them being nasty is what that is. That's the South Florida effing way. Just being nasty. Assuming, of course, that I really care about that. I don't care if 90% said I hate this poll. Because far be it for me to have to ask. Do you like it? Like their permission, whether you know, they're going to like the poll before I put it on there or not. Too bad. We just go ahead and stick it on there and uh, if you like it or not. For a million dollars, I would vote Republican 122. No chance. Four years after this war began, the... Give up my favorite food for a year, 112. That would be a good incentive. I think I could give up ice cream for a million dollars for a year. And it would probably keep me alive for a while, too. Work at WQAM, 106. I'd not have sex for a year, 100, for a million bucks. Eh, I don't know. I think that's just not enough. Maybe for, like, 100 million? And, of course, at my stage of life, when you get to be this age, you can't afford to be, like, passing up a whole year. If you're some young punk, you know, for a year, I guess... Wasn't that that movie that Joshua, what's his name, was in? The one from um, Halloween Part 85? Hartnett. Okay. 40 days and 40 nights and 40, uh, whatever. He's uh, not much. For a million dollars, I would not have sex for a year 100. Have gay sex, 93. And like I said, I'll do that for free. Right here in the studio. Live in South Florida, 82. Kill some people, 68. Not view porn for a year, 65. Likely story. Maybe 100 million. Not smoke for a year, 54. I guess George couldn't do that. All depend on what we're talking about. Smoking. Not smoke for a year, 54. And get married, 37. Now, let's see. I'm trying to figure this out. For a million dollars, I'd get married, 37. So that being on the bottom, that, in other words, that's the worst choice? 93 would have gay sex before they get married, 37. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm trying to figure. Maybe that's why they hate the pull. They can't figure out what the hell it means. That might be it. Because, in other words, for the, the, the more votes that it's got, for a million dollars, I would do, yeah. Uh, the least votes it's got is mean it's the least likely they would do. I'm trying to figure it out myself. Okay, let's take a look at that schedule. No Marlin game today, which is really kind of nice. when you come down. We might keep an audience till, uh, you know through the afternoon. we got Mad Dog at 2, Power Hour with Hank and the Mad Dog together, 4 to 5. The Humper at the Yenta Center, wow. At the Bank Atlantic Center. Now, let's see, isn't that that's the uh, Yenta Center, isn't it? That's the uh, Panther place. Am I right? I can't keep them straight anymore. Yeah, I don't even know. Chris? Yes. Hank is going to be doing a show. That's because we got a Panther game tonight. Is there any interest? Are the no. Panthers going to make the playoffs? Do they have any chance of making the playoffs? No. No, the Leafs cracked the, uh, the crap out of uh, Carolina and Montreal won last night. The Panthers have two chances of making the playoffs. None and much, 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 much less than none. Zero. No. None. No. Uh, but anyway, the uh, Panther preview with 7 o'clock. Panthers and the Thrashers from Atlanta, 7.30. Ought to be tremendous interest in that. Followed by game night with Jesse Agler after the hockey game all the way till midnight before we uh, go bye-bye, go Betty-bye. And then ESPN Radio at midnight when we invite everybody to say so long. It's transmitter maintenance time. Phil Rogers Show. 1,006 votes. This is your brain. <laughs> How do you like that? Any questions? Even though they hate the pool. 1,006 yeah. votes. They hate it, but they like it. You know what I mean? Congress is sending the White House a subpoena. Bush is pushing he played a little cleaner. Better get a lawyer for your crimes and misdemeanors. Here's your subpoena. Republicans may have followed their leaders, but Democrats are sending a subpoena. The White House team and Cheney's team will testify before committees. No privacy, no mercy, no more presidential supremacy. Congress is sending the White House a subpoena. Bush is wishing he played a little cleaner. Better get a lawyer for your crimes and misdemeanors. Here's your subpoena. Congress is sending the White House a subpoena.
hustle some Mina. Push is pushing, he's playing a little meaner. Better get a lawyer for your crimes and misdemeanors. Here's your subpoena. Here's your subpoena. It's 1101 at 560 WQAM. Barry Lando. Who the hell's that? He's former producer with 60 Minutes and has just published a book, Web of Deceit, The History of Western Complicity in Iraq, from Churchill to Kennedy to George W. Bush. And here's an article that I think might be of some interest to people who are, you know, think this is more important than Dancing with the Stars. Although nothing is more important than that, is it? No, what is? Dancing with the Stars. I wonder if Ronnie Reagan Jr., the ballet dancer, is on there. Hey, Ronnie! You fairy! Bridge in the Gulf, what we don't know, writes Barry Lando. As always, our mainstream media is... You know, I just got through reading... I, I, I'm interrupting myself. I'll get back to it in right. a second. I just got through reading the original email that Norma sent to J J Jolly Joe Bell. And that was today, by the way. That was not yesterday. That is today. So Jolly Joe is out until late this afternoon or tomorrow, and uh, the beat goes on. In other words, there, there's... You know, he's got another fish to fry. As always, our mainstream media is loath to reporting all sides to a dispute that's far more complex than our leaders led on. Despite Tony Blair's adamant denial that the 15 British sailors and Marines captured by the Iranians were intruding in Iranian waters, Commodore Nick Lambert, who headed the Naval Task Force, was by no means as categorical. There was absolutely no doubt in my mind that they were in Iraqi territorial waters, he said, but then in a statement he probably now regrets, he continued, equally the Iranians may well claim that they were in their territorial waters. The extended definition of territorial waters in this part of the world is very complicated. Britain's former ambassador to Uzbekistan, Craig Murray, who has become a vocal critic of the war in Iraq after setting Commodore Lambert's statement, wrote, Before people get too carried away, the following is worth bearing in mind. I read as a former head of the maritime section of the Foreign and Commonwealth Office, the Iranians claimed the British soldiers had strayed into Iranian territorial waters. If they had, then the Iranians had every right to detain them for questioning. The difficulty is that the maritime delimitation in northwest of the Persian Gulf between Iraq, Kuwait, and Iran has never been resolved. It's not, therefore, a question of just checking your GPS to see where you are. This is a perfectly legitimate dispute in which nobody is especially at fault. There's nothing outlandish about Iranian claims, and we have no right in law to be boarding Iranian or other shipping in what may, well may be Iranian waters. The U.N. Convention on Law of the Sea carries a heavy presumption on the right of commercial vessels to innocent passage, especially this, through the straits like Hormuz and in both territorial and international waters. You probably won't read this elsewhere in these jingoistic times, but in international law, we are very probably in the wrong, he said. As long as the Iranians neither mistreat our Marines nor willfully detain them too long, they have the right. Murray also advises the Iranians to speedily release the captured sailors. The issue, however, will be even more difficult to resolve if indeed the capture of the Brits was connected to the ongoing detention of five Iranians from the elite Al-Quds Brigade of the Iran Revolutionary Guard. The London-based Arabic newspaper Al-Shark Al-Answat quoted an unnamed military source close to the Al-Quds Brigade as saying the seizure of the tuba British patrol had been planned at high-level days in advance. The AIM said the report was to take captives to exchange for the senior Al-Quds officers arrested by U.S. forces in Erbil in northern Iraq on January 11, 2007. According to another report, an Iranian diplomat claimed he had been told that the five would not be released prior to the Iranian New Year. They were not. As I mentioned in an earlier post, Barry writes, Iraqi authorities have also been asking for Americans to release the captured Iranians. Kurdish authorities who condemned the arrests claimed the Al-Quds officers were operating with the approval of the local Kurdish government. If the U.S. indeed is evidence that those Al-Quds officers were engaged in nefarious activities, why don't they present that evidence? They've been holding them now since January. Problem now, of course, is to find a solution that will provide the Iranians, the Brits, and the Americans a face-saving way out of a confrontation that risks is escalating to a much more serious crisis, a crisis that would be welcomed by extremists in both Washington and Tehran. And there's Hank again. Multiple sensitivity. On CNN. Wow. What are you saying about multiple orgasms or something like that? Something that was like incredible. 1,017 votes on the poll, such as it is. 
See, I'm tempted again. Force a habit. I almost started giving those numbers out again. Wouldn't that be a bad idea? Yeah, it would be. Well, no, I'm not asking like as if I'm going to change oh, my mind. I'm just, I'm just telling you that right up front. But I read that stuff there from uh, Norma Kent and Joe Bell, and you know what? It's like, it's like what that dog was doing, you know? <laughs> well, without, yeah, it's like what the dog was doing without any pleasurable sensation. That's the problem. You know, at least the dog was having a good time. But it's like what he was doing with, and with the same end result. Not much of anything. Yeah, that's right. I mean, the blind leading the blind. And, of course, uh, you know, it would be one thing if this was like some kind of a new phenomenon, if this started on Monday on the show and this is the first time that anybody had heard about this. How many eons has this been going on? Who did that song? How long has this been going on? Ace? Yeah, very oh, good. Ace, yeah, Ace. How long? I love that. Have you got it? Yeah, I'm looking for it. You are, as they say in America, my ace in the hole. Remember that? That was more bad uh, acting by Eli I got it right up my father three. ace hole. I see. Well, I, I have like an ace song. in the hole. They're another uh, one-hit wonder, aren't they? Yes, ace. they are. I see. How long? Want to guess the year? Just for fun? I have uh, 60 and grins. Oh, geez, 75. Eight. 75, I knew it. Way off. Way off. How long? As they say in New York, how long has this been going on? Anybody could talk this way. I bet you Ricky Ticky is sitting out there laughing uh, up his sleeve. Wouldn't surprise me. Man, just, it's, it, sometimes I amaze myself. Wasn't that astonishing? That was great. I think that was shocking. It'll be on the front page of the New York Times, the Washington Post, the L.A. Times tomorrow, and maybe even uh, whatever they're printing in Moscow these days. That'll be on the front page of uh, the International Herald Tribune. Rogers talks up a song he hasn't heard in 100 years, older than Sawdust. How long has this been going on? So anyway, my point being that this is a th situation. In fact, I, somewhere over here I've got copies. Maybe I Schmidt can them. I think I threw them out because I got so disgusted. I'm pretty sure I threw it all out of those silly letters that they sent out. If you don't stop doing this, we're going to, like, uh, come and pee on your lawn or something if you don't cut the crap, you know. It's just, it's very juvenile. These are, these, are not, these are not serious business people. Do you know what I mean? These, these are not people mean? serious about doing business. They're just uh, floating their way, faking their way through. They're assuming, especially this current regime, that because they came in and, you know, we had numbers, and this show was like doing eights and nines and tens sometimes in men, and like uh, Mandage and Hank once upon a time before they screwed the whole lineup up, were doing really good numbers. They assumed that they could just, like, uh, take the pieces of the puzzle, put it all back together again, and bada-bing, like that, you know, bada-bing, like Santino would say, and, like, uh, make magic. Well, I think it rhymes with magic, but I think it's called tragic is what they've done, tragic. And I'm the one guy that comes here on the air and tells you exactly the way that it is. I mean, believe you me, I, I wish that it weren't. I wish I didn't have to sit here and, and talk such crap and not do the show that I would like to do and that we ought to be doing. But, of course, we can't do it because this is WQAM. We can't get it done. And we're thinking about this and thinking about that. And, of course, Joe, when he sits in the magic room, he can't decide which hand to use to, to wipe with because he's got to pass it by Joyce first. We've got to pass it by corporate legal first. Is it legal to wipe with your right hand on Wednesday or with your left hand? Or maybe alternating on Wednesdays, huh? You're, you're, you're laughing, but you know what I'm saying. Is yeah, cool. no, that's why I'm laughing. Paper tiger. Double a man without a kingdom. And as a result, we're spinning our wheel, spinning our veal. Maybe we ought to have Rick and Suds on with a wheel of meat. Spin that veal, baby. <laughs> those are the days. Trust me when I tell you, those are the days. And, of course, look what we got now. Pop had uh, whatever, whatever we had there. 
I was going to say Disney, but that would be bad. Talking about Mike Disney, not Walt. 1,023 votes on the poll. Let's take a look at that result, man. They hate it. Well, it's under 15%. I guess that's going to be our goal today. We don't really have any number of votes that we really care about getting to because, you know, who cares about that? That's old and corny. What we do care about is getting that, I hate this poll, under 15 I mean, 15%'s a lot. Wouldn't you say? Okay. That is well, a lot. It's embarrassing to me. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with a poll. I think it's a fine poll. It's fine. And, and speaking of that, um, it's Woodbine Wednesday, so be sure and uh, change that poll this afternoon. I already faxed it to Eric bright and early this morning. Let, let's see if the one I put on here for tomorrow is any good. Oh, yeah, I, I do like this. When Neil's show ends early because of Marlins baseball, I blank. And it's got a whole bunch of choices. Smash my radio with a hammer. Sit in the dark room and pout. And, and it's got a bunch of other good choices. That's a good poll. And then it'll say, we hate it. We hate it. We hate you. We hate everything. We hate being alive, Neil, because we're here. We're stuck here, you know. Well, it's the way it goes. Some of you are doing okay, and uh, most of you are not. For a million dollars, I would. I hate this pool, 152, 14.8%. A dastardly number, if you ask me. Dastardly. What's the difference between bastardly and dastardly? Oh, one's a little bit more Sunday appropriate. Vote Republican, 127 for a million bucks. Not this kid. No chance in my pants. Give up my favorite food for your 120. Maybe even give up ice cream. Sugar. Mmm. Well, that's score. That. Briar's score is so good. You ever had that? I think I might have. Mm. For a million dollars, I'd work at QAM 107. Not too long, you wouldn't, though. Oh, there's those 100 immigrants uh, coming up on shore there in Hallandale Beach. Well, when they realize how, how young they are compared to everybody else, there, they'll turn around and go back. When they see that sea of blue hair. For a million dollars, I'd not have sex for a year 105. I'd have gay sex 99. Live in South Florida 84. Kill some people 74. Now, if you porn for a year, 65. Yeah, we believe you. Not. And not smoke for a year, 55. Get married, only 37 for a million dollars. I think George must be leading the uh, charge on that deal. I uh, didn't vote for that. No, no, but you did. I, I'm, what did you vote for? Kill some people. Oh. <laughs> I might do that for free. Would you really? Now, don't start picking on anybody in particular, otherwise they're going to be called corporate. Yeah, 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 oh, they yeah, said they're going to kill us. They're threatening our lives, and they're going on the radio and saying these things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why are you jealous of me? Oh, my God. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to be jealous of some of these people that are going to call this show and, uh, you know, and try to get a little bit of publicity. Let me be on your panel. And I'll bet. Anyway, try... 12 minutes past 11 at QAM. Dumb as dirt. And who, may I ask, is the father? You had a big day for a long, long time. There's no circus here, my friend. see your brave people are standing in line. Well, when you kick the bucket, how would Larry cry? People don't handle themselves pretty well. Larry's gonna get Danny Lynn. It's a bumpy ride like the old west. I'm gonna review this. Every day is a new adventure. The old man used to buy rings, wrinkly dudes with lots of bling. You were weird, we all agree. Possess more drugs than a pharmacy. Get your DNA. From a chicken a box. It's crazy. One, you gotta open the box. Two, get your DNA from a box. Three, you gotta close the box. And this is how we do it. Chicken a box. Who's gonna lose a kid a chicken a box?
I thought that's what we were talking about last week, that uh, Chick-fil-A in a box, whatever that was all yeah. about. By the way, speaking of uh, in a box, they're starting with the poison fumes again. All right. And, now uh, we're talking. Since right. I can't breathe to begin with, it's days. extra special today, you know. How long is it going to take? How I, many I don't years know. is it going to take for them to finish that yeah, damn the varnish, roof up there? The lamination, <laughs> man, Jesus, God and Joseph are crying out loud. It's like uh, some kind of a freaking conspiracy. They're back up on the roof again. And God only knows what some kind of perverts are doing up on the roof. I'll tell you that right now. Ought to be tarred and feathered, if you ask me. Maybe that's what the tar's all about. Maybe we're tarring and feathering their ass. Maybe they got Joe Bell up there on the roof. Maybe they're going to hang him up there. I climb right up to the top of the stairs. I should just play the crying shames the rest of the day. Yeah, I agree. Oh, my. Well, what do you mean by that? Maybe that way I can turn the mic off and just sit here and cry. Or leave. <laughs> just leave. Go out in the hallway and get some fresh air. I'm sure it's no better out there. How, where, where did this come from all of a sudden? I, I, I don't know. That whole uh, deal was over and done. Yeah, with so, did did I. so did I. So did I. Surprise. Mm-hmm. It goes along with the ambiance. Well, go and tell Joe Bell all about it. Yeah, yeah. He's not there. That's right. He's not there. He doesn't care anyway. It's not. I guarantee it's not uh, in his orifice. In fact, it shades of IOD all over again. You remember when we had the crud at IOD, the management types didn't really care because it wasn't happening in their orifice. So they could sit in the comfort of their air-conditioned orifice and not be choking and gagging and puking and, uh, and dying. And, and what was happening with us... They don't care about us. That's the bottom line, okay? Any of you out there, if you work for somebody that actually cares about you as a living and breathing human being, I think even if you're only making like four cents an hour, I think you ought to kiss the ground right now. Kiss it, like Bubba would say. Kiss it, man, right now. Because uh, most of the people you work for, they just don't care about you. You're a means to an end. They are pimping your life is mm -hmm. what they're doing. Isn't that a good way to put it? Sure. Yeah. Determining you your out. existence on the planet. And since we all have a limited existence, seriously, Monday, yeah, I'm going to tell you something. I came, I came within a whisker. You have, you, even you don't realize how close I did. I'm not talking about jumping over the balcony. Okay. I'm just, no, no. Hey, listen, I've never even gotten out there yet, much less stuck a leg over the railing. I'm afraid of heights. <laughs> I really am. Really? Oh, yeah. I'm, I told you that story. I don't know why. It, uh, it started at Hazel Park Racetrack in Detroit. And I was up on one of the upper floors, and I was standing over by the railing and looking down, and all of a sudden I got really dizzy, you know. And what, what happens when you have that, what do they call that, fear of heights? Uh, acrophobia. Acro is that it? Yes. Are you, are, are you positive? Are you sure? Well, whatever it is. I joyce you know. And I looked down, and I started getting dizzy. And, and when that happens, you, you have to resist the urge to jump. I know it sounds very strange, you know, because you're supposed mm -hmm. to be uh, scared and terrified of the height, and you're looking down, oh, gee, I'm going to fall. But you have an urge to jump, and you hold on to the rating really hard, and you're squeezing that metal so hard that it's almost, the shards of metal are like getting I into the palms of your hands, you know? Doesn't that sound really dramatic? Okay. I think it must have been after a really bad boat race at Hazel Park. But whatever, whatever the reason was, I was looking down, I got really dizzy. And from, the, from that day on, I had never had fear of heights before in my life, but from that day on... I became really nervous about it. And I remember one time after that, going to New York City, and, of course, anybody goes to New York, and I took a couple of friends, whatever, and we go to the top of the Empire State Building. Now, have you ever been up to the top of the Empire State Building? Almost to the top when we went, as far as they would let us go on that. Well, I mean, that's what I'm day. talking about. Yes. I'm not, I'm not yes. talking about on top of the antennas when you're getting ready to jump like that. Yeah, like, that's uh, what was uh, balancing on top of the antenna no. there. Yeah. No, I'm talking about as far as they let you yeah, go. Yeah, yeah, where they got they the little netting. They have those very high, um, whatever you'd call them, metal 
railing protectors. Yeah, there. and uh, netting. But boy, I tell you that that was not not a good experience for me. I didn't look. Oh, I kept thinking it's a long way down. Here's a fax that says, Neil God, I'm still listening, but I think you weaved out your good callers. Wow. Oh, yeah, here we go. This is what I need. You weaved out your good callers. When were those in? When you would get an actual caller, you'd cut the conversation short because it was usually on some topic you're tired of, the war, Anna Nicole, Vegas, Amsterdam. But the news is only showing us bullshit, the same crap over and over again. So maybe you get less interesting calls, but mix it in with a few cranks and some bedtime stories, you got a good balance. And then at the bottom, what does it say? Something about man cow? What does that say? I can't read it. Well, go, man. Out. I don't know. I don't know what the hell Go, Gators. Says. Yeah. Whatever the hell it says on there to you, okay? Yeah, I weaved out the good callers. That's right. Both of them. And these people, like, like even in the midst of Monday, that jerk that calls, Neil, we need to have you on the air because of the propaganda and the right wing. Yeah, right. I mean, that, that's just as asinine as the people are calling going, Prozac! It's just as ridiculous. Don't you understand how stupid that is? My being on the air here is going to change something. The war in Iraq is going to end because I'm sitting here talking to a bunch of mouth-breathing jackass aceholes. Are you out of your mind or what, huh? No. Well, there you go. Get a grip on reality, man. Get a grip on it like that dog. And I keep looking out for that spaz guy on there, and he hasn't uh, tried to send that thing again. Now, that's happened to me if not, not a lot of times, but there have been a few times when somebody will send me something from you. Cube! A video, and I'll approve it. And then it won't go through. And then the little thing will come out. It'll say, mm -hmm. uh, there was a technical difficulty in approving uh, whatever you were trying to approve. You know, like that. Now, is that a MySpace thing? Is that uh, like censoring it? I don't know about how that. Can they, how can they censor it? They can't be reading it. Exactly. Words, uh, when they do the regular maintenance on pages, that's when they take out offensive things. But not before the fact. I mean, they don't have like a cyber censor. Yeah, I mean, they, exactly. There's not somebody there watching it while you're watching it and laughing your ass off. And that would have been fun mm -hmm. to put on there. It was a funny thing. I'm sure the dog thought it was fun, too. Evidently, he seemed very enthusiastic. 1,058 votes on the poll. Yeah, that fax was very very illuminating and very uplifting. And stick it where the moon don't shine, okay? In fact, Joe Bell says you can wipe with both hands. He gives you his personal permission. How do you like that? It ain't going to happen. I'll take phone calls on this show again when we've uh, taken care of a problem. And like I started saying before, just, just like line one being out for two years. I mean, does that show you how, how fast these people are on top of these things? Mm -hmm. And Joe Bell tells Norma Kent. Norma Kent, who is one of the worst weaklings in the history of the human race. I, Norma, it's embarrassing to me. You ought to be there sitting at Joe Bell's desk right now, pounding on the door, screaming and yelling like the screamer that you are. You fairy. But whatever, I'll take the money, you know. Just butt out. That, that, that's my best suggestion. Just butt out because it ain't going to change. I'll do I'll survive. How many months? I remember that time I went seven months when I decided to get rid of the calls. Mm -hmm. We did fine. The ratings were fine. Life was good. The show was like a real show. What we had here on Monday, just like that David guy sent, you know, the David guy that got married. Right. And his life is probably ruined forever now. Yes, it but is. But anyway, just like he said in there, Monday was the low point of my, I would say, of all the years I've been on the air. And we've had some, you know, there's some bad shows every now and then. You can't help it. Not on my end, though. Of course, I'm always brilliant and uh, legendary. But on the other end, when you're in South Florida, the material just isn't always there. It's weak. It's like Al Martino's voice. Weak. But Monday, I think, was uh, it was as low as you can go. And I, that's why I just decided to shut that baby off. And we'll see if these people really want to talk turkey or, uh, you know, if they're just funning. I think that's all they're doing is just funning. They can't be serious. They cannot possibly be serious. It's just like when a guy first came in. You remember last year? It's, it's a little over a year ago. About 15 months, I would say. 
And remember how long before they did anything? And I kept screaming and wailing about, when are they going to do something before the numbers drop into the minus column? When are they going to finally realize that we've got a major serious problem? Remember that? Right. It's a good thing they fixed all that. <laughs> yeah, after the audience was all gone, and they decided, hey, maybe we'll put something on where they belong to be on. Priest with problems. There's Look at this. The story. That's unusual. Right? Priest with problems. I never heard of such a thing. Not the priest that's got the problems, it's society that's got the problems because society doesn't approve of what they're doing. That's the problem. If society would just say, hey, you go ahead and alter all the boys you want, Pops, then everything would be just fine as wine. Things would be really... Nice. That's right. So society has the problem. Just like Joe Bell would probably say, there's no problem with uh, our QAM or with our management. Neil's the one with the problem. And then, of course, that damn George. Hmm. If we could just just get through the summertime with a few of those good tapes and, and bypass and no George. No problem. <laughs> 1067. You know something? When, when we had the lunch and he kept bringing the thing up about the tapes mm -hmm. and Norma kept talking about me extending my deal but only working four days a week and on Friday you would work and he kept bringing up the thing about the tapes, mm -hmm. then I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt I was sitting across the table from a certifiably crazy person. God? Now back to the Kenny and Bull Show on 560 Q8, your homo headquarters for the speech impaired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, everybody, look, I get to fill in again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, dude, we got JJ on the phone. Okay, but first I want to say hi to my mommy. Hi, mommy. Look, your Suskel is on the radio again. I'm on the radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Me too. Go ahead, JJ. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got a used up old pickup over here. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Ooh, uh, ooh. Uh, ooh, uh, ooh, uh, ooh. Uh, and all bunch is poo. Okay, JJ, you can go home now. I said go home now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 Who's he play for? Oh, he's not the sports related or nothing. Duh, then who is he? And like I said, the Bernie Capel will be joining us to, uh, to discuss uh, the heartbreaker snoring. Uh, is it Coppel or Copel? Like Ted Copel? It's Copel, not Coppel. Coppel will be on tomorrow. Whoa, look who we have on the line. It's Poopy Pimbo. Huge. What time you got? Uh, it's, uh, the, the big hand is on the 12th. Part top, you know, uh -huh. and the little hand is on the. What? Yeah, I think it's time. Great, bud, go tell George we're going over. Oh, come on, man, tell Neil to lighten up, dude. Yeah, it's only a few more minutes. We'll learn his radio situation eventually. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. You know what else I love? I make it sounds with my mouth. I make it sounds with my mouth. I make I make it sound with my mouth. 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 Is this a new format? Yeah. With my mouth. Oh, I'm morning show. Sound. I'm making a sound. I'm making a sound. 
with my mouth. I want to plant azaleas. <laughs> All right. There's a little, that's a little preview of the new morning show starting on Monday. The new and improved Kenny and Bo morning show. It's going to be a ball buster. 1077 on the pool. We're going to have 1100. No telling what we're going to do today, Chris, because we got a full four hours. 1078. Look at that. They're coming in. They're pouring in by the ones. And there's no sense in bemoaning our fate and sitting here. I'm not going to do that four hours every day, just for a few months, you know. But <laughs> not every day. Maybe just on alternate Wednesdays. Woodbine Wednesday, I don't sound too enthused about it, am I? Because I'm due for, like, you know, if I would win a jackpot today, like 166 grand on a dollar machine, that would, that would be good. Or like on the $5 machine, if I won to 366 grand, which they've never paid it out even once in five years. That doesn't bode very well for what's going to happen. Or the 649 lotto tonight, if I already played it. I got my tickies in the other room. If I win the $25 million tonight, and, of course, that's a check. That's a, no punches pooled, baby. They write you out a check. No taxes, no deductions, no uh, annuities, no BS, no games like they play in Florida with that phony baloney uh, lottery crap. They write you out a check. And so it's Canadian currency. I'll take 86 bucks on uh, 86 cents on $25 million, wouldn't you? Okay. And if I win the $25 million, then I'm going to be down there on a plane tomorrow. I'm going to start spreading it around, just like old uh, John D. Rockefeller, man. I'm going to start throwing dimes at everybody. That's what he used to do. He used to stand on street corners and hand out dimes to the schleppers. To show off how much money he had. Ooh, hey, big spender. Big spender, baby. Mary Shaw writes anti-gay racist emails from an Army recruiter. Another one of those gay stories. From the tax dollars at work file, she says, Corey Andrew of New Jersey posted his resume at careerbuilder.com, like many of us have done from time to time. One of the responses he received was from a U.S. Army recruiter. Andrew wasn't interested in joining the Army, but instead of ignoring the overture, he responded by asking the recruiter, Sergeant Marsha Ramodi, if he was eligible to serve since he was a gay man. I'm glad he decided to go there because the ensuing exchange shed some light on a serious problem. And this comes so soon after General Peter Pace's homophobic comments. Coincidence? Question mark. In any case... Oh, and you have to click here. There's a link to it for a very good blog post that goes into some granular detail about this. And be outraged. Sergeant Ramode wrote and sent these emails using her official Army email address. According to an article about the case in the Jersey Journal, if an applicant makes a statement that he or she is homosexual, the recruiter must inform the applicant in a professional manner that they're not eligible for enlistment. Keywords in a professional manner. Does anyone believe that Ramode's tirades were communicated in a professional manner? And it's got the link again and says, then guess again. And since one of my best friends is married to a Native American, one thing in particular struck me upon reading Ramode's emails. She identifies herself as a Native American, even as she insults Andrew for being gay. Actually, as I understand it, in Native American culture, gays and lesbians are held in high esteem. I didn't know that, did you? No, I didn't. It is believed that they embody both male and female spirits, and that's a really cool and venerable thing in their culture, and understandably so. I embody both male and female spirits. I'm sure it depends on like the tribe. Them? You know, there are 500 of them. Hey, you better watch yourself, you damn... Benton killer! Sergeant Ramon appears to have some very deep and very serious issues to deal with. I hope she'll get some help and eventually find peace. I should have probably uh, clicked out the link on all that. I could still do that. I could do it. But I'm not going to do so it. So I wonder how the gay Indians smoke a peace pipe.
1,082 votes on the poll. Why do you tear those things up, Neil? Why do you do that in the back? Why can't you just get a shredder? Remember that guy? That was another good call. Oh, God. You've weeded out the good callers, Neil, because you won't give them enough time to talk their intellectual garbage about the war in Iraq and all other important stuff and about our gay governor and all, all these uh, important things. All of these things. things. Look, you could write a book of just stupid quotes that you've heard on the phone, and it would be yeah. a bestseller. Nobody would believe it. They'd think you were making it all up. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at this. Conservative Jewish seminary to allow gays. The seminary, which is considered to be the flagship institute of conservative Judaism, has decided to begin accepting gay and lesbians after scholars who guide the movement lifted the ban on gay ordination. Hallelujah. Arnold Eisen. Mr. Eisen. Incoming chancellor for the Jewish Theological Seminary on Monday said the decision was made after extensive discussion with students and survey on views of the issues within the movement and the school's trustees. The larger issue has been how we can remain true to our tradition to halakha, Jewish law in particular, to all those bubblemices, while staying fully responsive, immersed in our society and culturized. And said, hey, listen, go out and eat some kreplach, okay? Have a couple of matzo balls, baby. That'll make you Jewish. If you've got real matzo balls, then you're Jewish in my book, especially if you're circumspect and circumcised. It's Jewish enough for me. The conservative branch holds the middle ground in American Judaism. Uh, of course, uh, the larger and more liberal reform Jewish movement, as well as Reconstructionist wing, allows gays to become rabbis. The Orthodox, of course, bans gays and women from ordination. The Orthodox, the, uh, the Farbison, the Farbition, the real serious Getskis, man, the ones that force their kids to walk around with a beanie on their head so all the other kids will point at them, ha, 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 look at Bobby, he's got a beanie on, ha, 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 like that. Just like the Muslims with them damn... Uh, that, uh, well, you see, in Montreal now, there were a bunch of uh, Muslim women wanted to go vote without lifting their veil. Uh-uh. Yeah, and they said, uh-uh, we don't think so, okay? Even Jerry Vale ain't going to vote in here without showing his puss. Maybe even they could wear, like, a see-through veil, you know? Yeah. I think they made him some veiled threats and said, cut the crap, okay? We're going to send you back to Osama Yamama. Send it back to Saudi Arabia where all the other terrorists are. 1084, man. Chris, Chris uh, this morning, I don't know what that was all about. You, th you think you're going to actually get in my will by doing things like that? Nope. By kissing kissy kissy like that? Nah, that's okay. See, Look, it was genuine. What do you mean by he that? Hadn't, I, I think this is, you know, he's, he's not used to going back and forth and working with other people and having the, you know what I mean? No, what do you mean? So, like, once you've worked on this show for a while, and then you go back to the other world, then yeah. you really we, we appreciate... Like we yeah. have to physically go into the studio and shake the uh, host uh, by the shoulders and say, Take that break, damn it, you idiot, you quizzling, you... Uh, you fair. Like that. It, it looks exactly. like they're landing a 747. Everything but the flashlights are out, you know. Well, now the flashlights get <laughs> you sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, flash this. I still don't have that dog thing, damn it. It's Paul Harvey. Stand by for news. Abigail McGillan, an elderly woman, answered a knock at the door one day only to be confronted by a well-dressed young man carrying a vacuum cleaner. I'll say it again. The young man was carrying a vacuum cleaner. Good morning, said the man. If I could take a couple of moments of your time, I'd like to demonstrate the very latest in high-powered vacuum cleaners. Go away, said Abigail. I haven't got any money. And she proceeded to close the door. Quick as a flash, the young man wedged his foot in the door and pushed it wide open. Don't be too hasty, he said to Abigail. Not until you have at least seen my demonstration. With that, he emptied a bucket of horse manure onto her hallway carpet. If this vacuum cleaner does not remove all traces of horse manure from your carpet, madam, I will personally eat the remainder. 
Abigail stepped back and chuckled and said, well, I hope you've got a damn good appetite because they cut off my electricity this morning. Paul Harvey. <laughs> All right. Good day. I like that. 14 till noon, maybe he had a hearty appetite. You never know. Maybe he was just hossing around. Mm -hmm. 1091 on the pool, 1091 votes. We'll have 1102 shakes of a lamb's tail. And you know something? I, uh, I don't have any problem with this. Do you have a problem with it? With what? With the way the show is uh, now. No. We had a stellar show yesterday. Now, I grant you, it was abbreviated. And, of course, we had a lot of help out there from some of my correspondents out there in Radio Land with the uh, you know, Cold Stone Creamery and uh, whatever else we were babbling about. What else were we talking about yesterday? Mostly food. That's right. Oh, yeah, that was a great article, by the way, Center from the uh, Science for Pubic Interest, whatever that was, with all those uh, big... Uh, uh, and, and, you know, the thing about the Cheesecake Factory is this. I was thinking about this in the shower this morning. It goes to show you me and my gluttony, even after eating all that ice cream yesterday. No, seriously, I, the name of that restaurant is not good. I'm sure they do a phenomenal business, and you're telling me that you can never get in there and it's always packed. But mm -hmm. that, that's just a bad name for a restaurant. You are correct. Yeah. Because I was telling uh, one of my friends about that the other day, and he said to me, oh, well, you know, I really like cheesecake. And I thought to myself, well, because it's named the Cheesecake Factory doesn't mean that's what people go there to eat. It's just, you know, it's a, they're famous for desserts, I guess, and gigantic oversized everything. But it's a restaurant, right? Right. Now, did you ever actually get seated in there, I mean, get served, or did you get up no. and walk out? No, we were hungry, and we'd already put that time in, so eventually you get served. But yeah. both times it was the same thing, and it isn't getting a seat that's the problem. It's getting anyone to notice that you have gotten a seat. Well, I would, like, blow off a, like, like a, a big uh, balloon, you know, uh, something like oh, that. Oh, you know, you get somebody's attention. You say, it's hey, we've been those, sitting here for half an hour. Nobody's those noisemakers they have at yeah. parties, you know. And they say, oh, we'll send somebody right over, and then, then nothing happens. They didn't say which year, though. Right. So, so tell me about the food, though, because it's, it's just a bad name for a restaurant. The food I mean, would have been they, good. They don't need any help from me because they're, like, making money hand over uh, limp wrist. But it's, it just is a stupid name for a restaurant. Right. The food would have been good if it had gotten to us in the hour now, that they you, made it. You, listen, when you stop... I'm telling you, you, we got stop. it. It was rock cold. Oh, well, what See, was they, it you got? What, what, was it, what is it that they have? I had some uh, shrimp dish. They have all kinds of stuff. It's, uh, like, you know, fun, fancy foods. It's kind of like a, a TGI Fridays, but a higher scale. Hmm. Sounds good to me. Yeah, no, the food would have been good if we'd have gotten it in our lifetime. It was cold and stiff. The fries were petrified. You could have cold built a house. Cold and stiff, yeah. man. There's nothing like cold and stiff. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's me. That is me. Monday Monday afternoon about 1.30, I could have been cold and stiff. I could have been laying right out there in the balcony. Although the sun is shining. Now, yesterday we got up almost to uh, 70 here, I do believe. And I'm taking a look now. This whole business about spring. See, spring is one of those. Now, today, like it's 45. It's going to make it all the way to 48 today. Not, not such a big deal. Friday, sunny and 50. And then Saturday, all the way down to 4, which is 40. See, that's the way it is, up and down, up and down. That's that's the springtime up north. A little variety for you, as opposed to, like, sunny and 80 every day and then getting ready for, like, another month or two, like, you know, sunny and 100 every day and, like, 99% uh, humidity, stuff like that. Not that I'm knocking that. But you, you see the point I'm making, though, about what a, what a dumbass name that is because it, it leads you to believe that it's – I don't know what I, – I never – I just never took it seriously. Like, that would be a restaurant. It's got an industrial sunny name. It sounds like a place that makes cheesecakes and uh, not a restaurant. Yeah. But, but I understand, I understand that, that the pieces of cheesecake are like, uh, weigh like a pound a piece. They're just huge. Never got that far. The slices of cheesecake they bring in like just, And then, of course, they also sell the cheesecakes to take home. You have to bring Luca Brazzi to carry it for you because it mm -hmm. weighs that much. But that, that's, that's what I heard about it. I don't know. It sounds pretty good to me in spite of the fact that you're rebellious about it. It's no, it's no Olive Garden. Haven't been there. What to the Olive Garden? No, don't. Based on 
what everyone says. Don't. It's not even Italianish. It's not. From the way people describe it, I envision it. No, no, no. You say that, but your what? memory must be uh, getting really bad because they brought us food one time. I think it was on IOD, I do believe. Well, that's a long time ago. I don't remember that. And then it was, you know what it was kind of like? Remember Fat Boy had that diner that he sold? He oh. sold about three accounts on my show in the last hundred mm. years. And his claim to fame was, oh, hey, I really do a great job of selling the Roger show. Ha, 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 pally. You know, that crap. And he never sold anything on the show. He sold a diner. And, of course, then they went out of business about two weeks later. And they sent food over to the station for us to try it. And uh, the, the salad, the, the lettuce was so brown that it looked like, remember that bit I just played the Paul Harvey thing and what the guy was eating? Mm-hmm. That, that's what it looked like. And tasted like, as a matter of fact. It just, uh, you know, wasn't too good. So, anyway, the Olive Garden did exactly the same thing. On I'm sure you were there. I'm positive. Uh, well, maybe you I just, was. It has gotten lost in the, in the morass. Everybody That's, wants morass. Yeah. It's gotten lost in the morass of uh, the, your memory of all the free food we got over there. Those that is the days, uh, not unlikely. See, probably it's a good thing for Chris that we don't still have that going on because he'd be a dead man pretty soon. He's trying to stay on the, you know, under under 400 pounds. Now, how are you doing on that? You're you, you keeping off what you lost? Yeah, I'm still keeping it off, and I'm losing a pound or two at a time, so. Well, that's good. You're losing a pound or two every time, like what, every month? About every week or two. Yeah. Oh, look at this, Norma Kent, something else. Boy, I'll tell you, he's busy today. Oh, I don't, oh, oh. Hang oh, on, close the window. Oh, oh I'm never going to be the same. I'm leaving now. I'm never going to see do you it. again. Bye, everybody. Don't do it. I, I, I want to listen. Th this is the best thing that could have ever happened to me r right now, the, because now I can share. You know, real friends share with their friends. Yes. I'm going to share with you. Could, didn't I just get no. through telling you about an hour ago about my phone conversation with my agent, attorney, and supposed good the fag friend Norma Kent on Monday night, screaming and wailing about this QAM situation and about Joe Bell and Joyce and this whole uh, company? Didn't I tell you that? Mm-hmm. So what he accomplishes that uh, whatever it was, what was it about a half hour ago or forty five minutes? He he sends me the uh, copy of the of the uh, email he got from Jolly Joe Bell saying, "Well, I'm going to be out of the office and maybe late this afternoon, maybe sometime between now and next sukkahs, maybe I might uh, do something about this or get back to you, you know." So now what? Now what does he write on top of this? Oh. To show you how concerned he is about yours truly. See, th this is a man who's on a lifetime ego trip. He's living, he lives in, like so many people I know in a fantasy world. He's like the Stan Major of uh, Fagdom. The founder and the original publisher of the Express Gay News, Fort Lauderdale attorney Norman Elliott Kent, has announced the launch of an online daily gay national electronic newspaper. Well, la-di-da, Norma, la-di-da, you fairy. 11.09 in the poll, by the way. National, he, he sends me this. I mean, I don't, I, you know, I don't begrudge him that he's doing it, but he sends me this, that I need to know this, that I need to aggrandize him on the air. Nationalgaynews.com hit the web in force last week with a front-page story expo exposing possible homophobia in the operation of an international cruise line in which arbitrarily canceled a popular Bears cruise. The story can be viewed online with a link here. This week, the online paper revealed how a group of Christian students in Illinois are launching a counter-protest to a national gay drive amongst high school students to expose homophobia in secondary schools. Today's front page feature reveals how a divorced man wants to abate alimony payments to his ex-wife, a transsexual, who now wants to become a man. On a lighter note, there is a feature about a European gay nude cruise from Italy to Greece. Stated Kent, 
The gay community can be an affluent, sophisticated, high-tech environment. It's my belief that a clean online publication, which captures the breadth and diversity of our world, will be very popular and inviting. I really don't want to give any long speeches. I want the product to speak for itself. Yeah, it speaks for itself, all right. <laughs> the online newspaper will be filled on a daily basis. Is there an end to this? On a daily this basis? On forever? I'm, I'm reading this off my BlackBerry, and it just goes... It'll be filled on a daily basis with original writing, linked news sources, and columns on all aspects of gay and mainstream life. Links on the homepage generate connections to sports, lifestyle, science and technology, business, health, and HIV, as well as entertainment, and a host of other gay and lesbian-related interests. Like looking at naked pictures sounds good to me. But what are you smirking about? That's, you know, interactive features will invite readers to submit their favorite pet photos. Oh, there you go. As well as images of a hunk and Amazon of the day. Or share their favorite website. Gay news feeds and a clearinghouse for national gay nonprofits and news media will also be posted online in the electronic paper. As he did with the Express starting in 1999, Kent is bringing substance to the paper immediately. Yeah, the same substance that later the guy was trying to clean up with a vacuum cleaner. Contracting with Associated Press affiliates to present credible news stories from reputable journalists around the country. This goes on. Oh, there's only two more paragraphs, thank God. We will still be a cross-section of our lives. There are nationally known gay columnists joining us and popular cartoonists to lighten the burden of each day. We want to start each morning reading your horoscope and the weather on a home page, he said. We are still building the site and laying the foundation, stated Kent. Our project is still being born. Yes, stillborn, I think, is the word. But the news doesn't wait, and when an entire segment of our population gets blatantly discriminated against in a wholesale manner, as we've seen with the Bear Cruises, we just have to go with what we got and get the word out there, says Norma Kent. I'm super! Thanks for asking! I just am delete, delete, delete. Delete, delete, a delight. Norma, you silly goose, you simpleton, you... You, you fairy! Right. How, how do you like that? And he sends it to me. This is what he's busy doing with his time. Which more power to him, okay? This is the same guy that told me when he sold his damn fag newspaper that he was going. He could retire for life. He had all this money now. Ba 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 ba. You know. Cox ahoy's normal, okay? Happy Pesach to you, baby, and go away. Just go away. Don't go away, mad. Just go away. Stay out of my life. Stay away from my friends. Stay away from my people. Stay away from my website. Stay away from my job. Stay away from my existence on the planet. Stay the hell away, okay, Norma? Do not call here. Do not write here. Do not email me no more. Go away. Little Girl. Remember that song, Go Away, Little Girl, Steve Lawrence? Yes, Steve Lawrence? Yes. Well, Donnie, uh, didn't, uh, who else did it? Donnie Osmond? Well, that's who I know it by. Did Donnie do it? Donnie was on my show one time, but he was already hairy and old by that time. Oh, yeah. Is this Both the original? Of this is the original. On Except Carl no Rackett, substitute. Steve Lawrence and Go Away, Boy, Little Girl. Go away, little girl. Stevie Lawrence and Edie Gorm, as the guy said. I like Steve Lawrence. He was Jewish and he was kind of cute, too. I'm not supposed to be alone with you. Well, I can't believe you got that. I got it. You got it? I got it. 1118 votes on the poll. I'll tell you, Norma, you made my day. That was the one, that was one of the that was the epitome of my relationship with my lawyer, agent, goofball, silly fag person, Norma Kent. Who's all about Norma? You know, he liked to put on a big, uh, big song to dance about, you know, what he's doing for Neil and blah 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 blah, and his emails to Joe Bell and uh, all his calls with Joyce and uh, you know the, uh, all the other stuff. Right. Stay the hell away. That's my suggestion. Just stay away. This is Brady Quinn. Whenever I shave my balls, I listen to the Neil Rogers 12 to 1 hour. 
tonight on Fox Not the News. A special report we wrote all by ourselves. Barack Saddam Hussein Osama Obama. The Democrats' golden boy. What you don't know about Iraq Saddam Hussein Osama Obama may surprise you. As a boy, he went to mattress in Mr. Wilson's all-night mattress store and practiced Wahhabism as a hobby all the way to Kimosabi. He kidnapped Lindbergh's baby. He was the mystery man on the grassy knoll. Saddam Hussein was his uncle. And if you look closely, you'll realize his real father was Jack Webb. Plus, an infuriating and typically uninformed commentary from one of our garden-variety, hard-looking bleach blondes hand-picked out of our stable of Republican blondes that put out easy and appealed to our elderly and drunk right-wing viewers. Fox Nazi News. 30% of the truth for the 30% of you. Watch and obey. About 30, man. 1203 at 560 WQM. We got 1,130 votes on the poll. I think 13 is a uh, given today, don't you? 1,300? Yeah. Chris, on the other hand, is, uh, you know... Well, he'll pretend to be more excited about it. No, he doesn't have to pretend. Not after that performance this morning. When he asked, when he asked permission to kiss my ass, that, that was just amazing. Did were I? You, were, you, were you in there when he did that? Yeah, I was in here. He I said, to, he said to me, "Can I kiss your ass?" And I, I said, "Sure." Listen, I, I ran, ran for the mop right away, even though we have carpet. Like yeah, it was disgusting. I ran for the shop vac, the wet dry vac. Okay, now it's interesting because I think we've only had because I hear another fax coming over the thing now. Yeah. And we only had one, and this is short and sweet from a regular faxer, but we only had the one, and, of course, that was a critique about, well, you know, you chased away the real callers. There weren't any real callers, okay, you jackass. There haven't been any real callers in nine years since we've been on this radio station. Then here's a fax, also more a suggestion. It says, hey, Neil and George, it always baffles me that your nut job callers stay on hold. No, they don't, we don't put them on hold. They keep the phone ringing. We don't put anybody on hold. To make a sound, then they try, then they try to call right back. The good calls are far and uh, few and far between. That would scare me if I were you and George. What, what does that mean? That would scare me if I were you or if... Can you make this out? No, I was hoping you would uh, interpret that. As far as the cheesecake goes, you hit it right on the head. It can be great. Food is very California with a huge selection of dishes and drinks. can be a decent people-watching restaurant at Dayland or The Grove. What about in the Sawgrass? That's the one out there by my house. Oh, and look at the look at this. The Tony Snow I know believes in the power of Neil God and prayer. Isn't that cute? What is this supposed to be funny? It, I think it's funny to us. I think it's supposed to be serious. Uh, the person that wrote it though, is serious. Yeah, but it's so obvious that they've inserted the word Neil in front of the that they've Neil God, isn't it? Oh, I didn't see that. Well, look, look at the print type. It's not even the same print type. Oh, I see. So whoever, whoever uh -huh. decided to put this together is another amateur comedian who wasted a lot of time because I'm not going to read it. I'd rather read Norma Kent's email that I already deleted about his online fag uh, newspaper, whatever it's going to be. See, he doesn't have time to be worrying about Neil Rogers' show and about small things like that, about his number one client, because I already paid him for this year a nice big fat check, so he can't be worried about stuff like that. He's worried about being the great Cape Crusader, okay, on the Internet for all the uh, fag news that's fit to print and some that isn't, I'm sure. I mean, you know, more power to him. That's fine. I have no, I have no problem with that in his spare time, which evidently he has a lot of. 1,135 votes on the poll. I got such a headache from, that, from reading that thing of his. Oh, don't you? Yeah. 
as they say in Yugoslavia, which is coming back, by the way, next year. They're going to put it back together again. Uh, I have a bad cup tick. Edwards gains support as he remains in the race. Americans by two to one. Isn't that what they say at the, uh, in the locker room? If they have aching loins, I have a cup tick. If they're hurting in the cup. And I still can't. That spazzing spaz. You know, this is what really gets me about that. Maybe, maybe he lost it, too, that you um, Cube. video that he sent me. Maybe, maybe it just went uh, vanishing off into outer space somewhere. I'm, I'm sure not, because you know, if he sent it to me, then he's got it, right? Right. He's he's got a hold of it. Maybe, maybe he just can't find it anymore in between the folds of fat. I mean, you, you saw the picture of that guy, and, and he's you know he's a good guy to watch. He's a big fan. He sends us a zillion things. He's in Hialeah, which I feel sorry for him, you know. Mm-hmm. But God, if he don't weigh a thousand pounds, I mean, he's got fat in places where it hasn't been invented yet. Good God. Rectum. Yeah, on the inside. Rolls of fat. Americans by two to one. See, I don't understand a poll like this. It's stupid. Support the decision by former North Carolina Senator John Edwards to stay in the Democratic presidential race, even though his wife Elizabeth has been diagnosed with a recurrence of breast cancer. In the telephone poll, taken Friday through Sunday, just after they held that news conference, uh, questions about the Edwardses were asked to half of the sample had a margin of error, plus or minus, plus or minus uh, five points. And he got a boost in the horse race at Democratic contenders because he now is up to 14%. He gained 5% because of the sympathy vote. She's got cancer, therefore, it makes all the sense in the world we should support John Edwards. Doesn't that make sense to you? Sure. Why not? He's up to number four behind Swillery at 35, Barack Obama 22, Al Gore 17, and uh, John Edwards 14. Nobody else has got more than 3%. Democratic pollster Mark Melman, who's not affiliated with any candidate, says the bump Edwards got is understandable. In the crucible of crisis, people make judgments about a candidate's character, and there's a lot of people, a lot here in which people can make important judgments about Edwards. I, I just, I don't know. This confuses the hell out of me. Do you understand that? Nope. The wife's got cancer. It came back again. We feel bad about that. We don't wish that on anybody. She never stole a freight train. Neither did he. But uh, what? A, well, how does that make that Yahoo from uh, Nothing Could Be Finer down there in Carolina, how does that make him more qualified to be president? If you vote for him, God will cure her. Oh, is that what it is? I'm sure, that's what they're uh, you know, implying. Oh, I thought that's... Oh, God! That's the one that Tony Snow believes in. 1,141 votes on the poll. It's Woodbine Wednesday. And I, I just, you know, maybe maybe I have win some today. I'll be a little more animated about it. I, I was feeling really exhilarated yesterday and again today until I got that thing from Norma Kent. Uh, he, he started off with an email from Joe Bell, which is depressed. See, every time, I don't know why I called him Monday, because I was already depressed. I was already suicidal, you know. So why did I call him? I don't know. Just to vent, I guess, just because somebody to scream at. And I did. And then why did I read that email? Why did he do that? Just just to be depressing, to show me that Joe Bell doesn't give a crap and he's not, you know, not getting any uh, urgent response because it's been going on for months and months and years and ages and an eternity and nothing is going to happen and nothing is really being done except bada beep, bada boop, bada bop, the usual, uh, you know, tap dance. And then I get this, this 84,000 word press release. You know, it's really interesting when I had my 31st anniversary on here in South Florida, my agent slash attorney, I don't believe, wrote any press release to the media announcing that Neil Rogers on March 1st had 31 years on the air in the market, blah, 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 and longer than any other talk host in the history of the market, blah, 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 and all these other th- all of these, uh, all of these things, things. You know? Mm-hmm. Because that wouldn't have been so self-serving as writing about some uh, enterprise that he's obviously starting and financially involved in. It wouldn't have been as self-serving as this crap. Goodbye, Norma. Go away, little girl, okay? 
How many times have I said that on the air before, but not enough times, and not seriously enough? I, I could have been a contender, man. You do realize that. Of all people, you do understand. I do. That. I could have been a contender. I could be on Sirius XM, PM, FM, and not just AM. a bum. Yeah, I could have been a contender. Which is what I am. And look what I got. Howard's got, what's his name? What's his agent's name? Don uh, Buckwall. And look what I got. 1,145 votes on a pool. We got 1,300 made in the shade today, baby. And that's not too bad for a Monday. I mean, it's not a big simus. Or for, for, did I say for a Monday? For a Wednesday? <laughs> oh, not that my brains are fried this week. You do understand that. And, of course, the best part of it is that those people, those half a dozen morons, aceholes who are, you know, the uh, killers of the telephone, they're sitting out there thinking, oh, boy, we really got him. <laughs> yeah, sure. You ought to see the size of the check that just went in the bank on Monday. Then, then you say, oh, boy, we sure got him. Oh, jeez. I ought to take a look at the size of it. I know it makes me cry. Of exploding balls. Simon Cowell of the hit Fox series American Idol. Up front in your face. Last year, a former contestant had an affair with uh, Paula Abdul. Yeah. She gave him special treatment. Corey Clark. Oh, yeah. Uh, let's go to calls. Wakanda, Illinois. Hello. Hi, Simon. Hello. What's your name? Michelle. Hello, Michelle. Listen, I heard you got nipple implants. Uh, I did, yeah. Oh. They're great. So that's why they always poke through your shirt? Yeah. Yeah. The gruesome twosome. Vancouver, British Columbia for Simon Cowell. Hello. Hey, Simon, I heard a rumor you're the father of Anna Nicole's baby. Is that true? Uh, yeah. It was your baby? Mm-hmm. Simon's baby. Join us on the phone is Julie Cowell, Simon's mother. She joins us from London. She is 80 years young. Are you there, Julie? Yes, Larry. Hi. Simon, you're a rotten son. Is there one thing you can tell us about Simon that we don't know? Yes. When Simon was born, mm -hmm. he was so ugly, the doctor slapped me. Uh, you know what? In real life, is he nasty? Yes. <laughs> if I had known then what I know now... I would have replaced my vagisole with super glue. Go back to sleep, Mom. <laughs> All right. Crazy glue sounds like a wiener to me. 1,154 votes on the poll. Now, here's an interesting fax. It says, any chance you could keep broadcasting your show on the Internet tomorrow during the Marlins Exhibitions game since WQM doesn't broadcast the game over the Internet anyway? Here's the answer. No. No. <laughs> we don't broadcast the game on the Internet? I, I don't know. Chris? No, it's against Major League Baseball regulations. Mm. It's against Major League Baseball Ooh. regulations. I think I'm going to have a regurgitation about that regulation. So what the hell does that mean? That means that if you want to listen to a Major League Baseball game over the internet... Well, you have to listen to like, you have to pay for it. No, well, if you want to listen to it on the internet, you have to yeah. pay Major League Baseball. They'd have to pay me to listen to it. A lot. Are you Schmidt and me? So what do we have on there? Just uh, dead air? Or we keep playing those same two uh, promos Probably. over and over again? Exactly. For the round table and the square table and the Kenny and Bo uh, morning abortion and all that other stuff? I make yourselves with my mouth. Oh, yeah. In fact, you know something? That's not a bad <laughs> idea. We might just, in case anybody missed that earlier, we might put that like on an endless loop. Oh, God. If I can find it. Oh, and you know what else I didn't play? I make it sounds with my mouth. 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 
That's a hit. I think That's we got a waiter, baby. Monday morning starts 7 a.m. In fact, let's get rid of that big old crap, you know? Oh. 5 to 10 a.m. with that. It's called making sounds with our mouth. No punches pooed. That's what I'm hearing. Well, that's beautiful. Oh, here we go. John Nichols. There's been a whole bunch of these. See, I haven't been doing my duty in, re- in reading these uh, scintillating articles for a long time. I really don't know why. Why is that? That's because I've been taking all those brilliant phone calls. And also, are we? Norma can't go away. That, that's uh, you know. I thought about that during the break for about ten seconds. Go away, stay away, get out of my face. I should send an email to Joe Bell, and say as of uh, twelve twenty p.m. on Wednesday, March twenty eighth, Norman Kent is no longer my agent, attorney, and I have nothing to do with him. And I don't want to talk to you. How's that? All right. You think that's going to hire what's his Buckwald? I'm not going to hire anybody. What do I need anybody for? To, to negotiate that lifetime contract. Uh, for a million dollars, I would. That's our poll today. And look at the way it's turning out. Not the way we wanted. 1,156 votes, and we got 15.3% say, I hate this poll. That sucks, okay? I don't want to be too blunt about it, but let me just, you know, dance around, t- tiptoe around the edges of it. That blows. It sucks. 1,156 votes. For a million dollars, I would give up my favorite food for a year, 137. Vote Republican, 137. Work at QAM, 116. Don't do it. Life is too short. Have gay sex, 116. Send some pictures. Not have sex for a year, 115. Live in South Florida, 93. Kill some people, 78. That's what George wants to do. Not view porn for a year, 72. Not smoke for a year, 68. And get married, only 46. For a million bucks, only 46 people out there would get married. Pretty sad commentary on the great American institution. Well, it's not an American institution. It's a worldwide institution. And America just didn't last too long, that's all. Boy, I, I just, uh, on the verge. Every now and then I get on the verge of giving that number out, you know. Right, yeah, on, right, on, right on the tippy toe, I thought I was going to start making sounds with my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what that sound is. Five, six, uh-oh. Uh-oh, sounds like that phone number. Don't be doing that. Uh, you know, what's that other thing? Oh, wait a minute. Let me, let me find that one. Because that's certainly a classic. And then there's also, um, no, nah, that's not, what, what, oh, the screen loop. Oh, what are you looking? The screen oh, loop? Oh, that yeah, one. <laughs> like that. I make it sounds with my mouth. I make it sounds with my mouth. I make sounds with my mouth. We can do this easy to midnight. I make sounds with my mouth. I'll guarantee if they would play that instead of the uh, ESPN radio overnight, we'd have a 40 share. If they would play just that and this. And this first. Don't you think? I, I think it's a hit. I think it's a big, 
fat hit. A big fat uh, booby hit. Yeah, mm -hmm. I agree with you. Another fax coming over the machine right now. See, if we really, if the audience was really into this whole thing, we'd be inundated with faxes with some material as opposed to just, well, I think that uh, the calls, and you chased away the good calls, and yeah. Sure we did. Let's see. The best steak you'll ever eat. Oh, this is from Pedro. Thanks, Pedro. Is the Cajun ribeye that they serve in the Cheesecake Factory. That's what Pedro says. Mmm. They marinate it for 36 hours. <coughs> oh. They marinate it for 36 hours in a special Cajun mix, and it's better than any steak I've ever had in Christie's, Smith & Walensky's, Ruth Chris, The Forge, Yuck, it says, etc. It says it melts in your mouth. Mmm, Cajun ribeye. That sounds really uh, tempting to me, don't it? Oh, yeah. What? You sound pretty uh, lukewarm on it. No, it does sound good. They marinate it for 36 hours in a special Cajun mix. That's how you have to say it, Cajun, not Cajun. Cajun. I can say Raging Cajun. Cajun, which means you're like illiterate and you're probably from New Orleans or somewhere. Or like in the house by you in that area, in that neck of the woods. 1161 on the pool. I probably should, uh, I, I can play the uh, talking, uh, making sounds with our mouth and then reread the Norman Kent email a couple of times. We'll be all done. We'll be right up against it. John Nichols writes, getting serious about the I-word. I, I started to tell you, he had a whole series of these articles about impeachment. The only problem with this one is too long. Not too long to read, just too long for right now. So what I'll do is do the break. Just giving a little heads up to Chris, who was kissing my ass this morning for always doing the breaks right at the same time and on time and being like a real, kind of like make-believe professional broadcaster. As exactly. opposed to some dumb ex-jock who hasn't got any idea what the damn microphone is or how to even turn the mic on. When you've got somebody that don't even know how to turn a microphone on and pretend to be a broadcaster, you know that it's only, like Conway Twitty would say, make-believe. You know what I'm saying? It's make-believe. Don't make me Point. play that, though. What is it? Don't make me play it. Oh, you got it. I, mean, I know, I, know. I have it. I hate Conway, uh, Conway Twitty. Why is that? I think you, he's... You mentioned that a week or two ago. How gritty. Conway Twitty. What did he ever do to you, man? He's a, He was a, a bad singer who sang bad songs, and he was, was he ugly. Was Twitty? And he had bad, uh, big, boofy, goofy-looking hair. He had a boofo. Yeah, he had a boofo on his head, yeah. He was kind of Twitty and a little on the Schmitty side. When Elvis wannabe, you know. And, of course, as much as we do not care for Elvis on the show, when it's an Elvis wannabe, what does that yeah, say? Yeah, that I mentioned he's like, ugly. Like, it's like being a uh, Steve Lapa wannabe. Oh, God. Lot to lot, this John Edwards, uh, this, this, this pretty boy, uh, this Tommy leftist ambulance chaser, he has made his wife get cancer just to win an election. You know, I got to tell you, my friend, this is a new low for the Dems. He is capitalizing on his wife's illness to jumpstart his presidential run. Just like he used the death of his son to fire up his ill-fated 04 campaign. I say friends a lot, don't I? I tell you, I can imagine all I like with the money I make. <laughs> Who cares if I don't have any? For I am the voice of the 29%, purveying homespun wisdom and Christ-like moral virtue. Just ask any of my 10 ex-wives. If you pay to view my webcam friends, you can watch me flail my fat little arms around in a brightly colored pullover golf shirt with mayonnaise stains on it. See? Here I am, trying to validate what I'm talking about. But don't let my buttering fool you. I spent many years toning these atrophying muscles in my youth, queuing up records. Oh, and one other thing, my friends. 
May I remind you that I did offer to serve my country by signing up for Dancing with the Stars, but was declined for having a pimple on my fat, drug-addled rectum. A lot of those pimply asses going around these days. Uh, it must be a catching. must be rubbing off. 1231 at 560 WQAM. Wait till you hear this. Bad news. Not really, because I don't really care about any of these people. Country music star Winona Judd. Yeah. Says she filed for divorce yesterday from her estranged husband, Dan R. Roach, after his arrest last week in Texas on sex charges involving a minor. All right. Roach, 49, was arrested. Well, they're country stars, man. They're country stars. This is from Nashville. Oh, Incest is best, baby. Roach, 49, was arrested Thursday in Abilene and charged with three counts of aggravated sexual battery against a child younger than 13 in Nashville. All right. He was expected to be extradited to Nashville, said police spokesman Don Aaron. It wasn't known if he had an attorney. Well, Norma is not busy. He's uh, busy doing online the fag stuff. I'm obviously devastated, the 42-year-old country singer said in a statement on her website. Our family will pull together, begin the healing process, and hopefully, by the grace of God, God, become stronger. We'll move forward with our faith, family, and our friends to find resolution to this difficult situation. Isn't that what it always is? You know, it's always back to that faith and uh, bada beep, bada boop, bada bop, all that BS, all that uh, getchki stuff. Aaron said an investigation by the Department of Sex Crimes Unit started in February. Judge cited irreconcilable differences as a reason for divorce in the complaint filed in the Nashville, uh, Nashville suburb of Williamson County. Roach had been receiving treatment for drug and booze addiction at a rehab clinic in Buffalo Gap, Texas. They have no children. Judd's got children from a previous marriage. Judd has sold nearly $30 million. About 30 million. Albums as a solo artist. That's pretty sad commentary. She's saying with her mother, Naomi Judd, is the duo the Judds, or is that the Jugs? Her solo hits include No One Else on Earth and I Saw the Light. Her sister is actress Ashley Judd. Hmm. Huh. I wonder if she's kin to Judd Law. Cute. No. 1185 votes. We got 1,200 licked by the end of this hour. We're going to make 1,300 today, okay? They're going to be writing about it in newspapers all over the world. Anybody believe it? No. So let's see if we get any more uh, emails from Norma Kent. I, you know something? I just... I'm, I'm, I'm almost back to where I was on Monday again. You know, no, I mean, no, no. It's no, such no. a great comeback. I'm not, I'm not talking about jumping off the uh, balcony. I'm just talking about the depression setting in. It's just... A feeling of uselessness and hopelessness, you know? I mean, this is... And, of course, whose fault is that? Whose fault is it? Oh, God! That I've stuck with this uh, Schmendrick for all this time? You saw the phenomenal job. Howard Stern had his serious guy call me. Remember that? Not mm-hmm. call Norm Kent. Call right. me. When Stern was first leaving regular radio and going on to serious, and they wanted me on that thing badly. Howard wanted me on there. And we handed, handing that over to Norma Kent to make that deal would be like handing a, an Uzi to a three-year-old child, a fully loaded Uzi, and saying, go out in the yard and have a good time. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I did it because I'm dumb. Well, that's the way it goes. At least I admit I'm dumb, you know. That's me. Too many years in Florida, I think, did it. I used to be smart like Fredo. John Nichols says former Republican Congressman Joe Scarborough had me on his MSNBC show uh, tonight, meaning uh, Monday, to talk about impeachment. It was a smart civil discussion that treated the prospect of impeaching the president as a serious matter. Scarborough took the lead in suggesting that Bush's biggest problem might be that Republicans in the House and Senate, who fearful of the threat Bush poses to their political survival, do not appear to be rallying around the president. The host sentiments were echoed by two other guests, columnist Mike Barnacle and Salon's Joan Walsh. 
The impetus for the show is Nebraska Senator Chuck Hagel's ongoing discussion of the impeachment prospect. Hagel's not quite, uh, quite a supporter of sanctioning Bush, more a speculator about the prospect. And a new column by Robert Novak that suggests Bush has dwindling support within the congressional wing of the GOP. Speaking about impeachment on ABC's This Week, Hagel said, Any president who says, I don't care, or I won't respond to what the people of this country are saying about Iraq or anything else, or I don't care what Congress does, I'm going to proceed. If a president really believes that, then there are ways to deal with that. Novak wrote, The I-word incompetence is used by Republicans in describing the Bush administration generally. Several of them I talked to described a trifecta of incompetence, the Walter Reed Hospital scandal, the FBI's misuse of the Patriot Act, and the U.S. Attorney's firing fiasco. We've always claimed that they were the party of better management, one House leader told me. How can we claim that anymore? Scarborough drew the two statements together for the purpose of asking whether Bush could count on Republicans to block moves by congressional Democrats to hold Bush to account for high crimes and misdemeanors. Impeach his ass, baby. When a conservative commentator was on the front lines of Newt Gingrich's Republican Revolution entertains a thoughtful conversation about the politics and processes of impeachment on a major cable news network, it should be clear that the cloistered conversation about sanctioning this president has begun to open up. No, Scarborough's not jumping on the impeachment bandwagon. He's simply treating the prospect seriously, as did CNN's Wolf Blitzkrieg earlier in the day. What I told Scarborough is what I've been saying in public forums for the past several weeks. We're nearing an impeachment moment. The Alberto Gonzalez scandal, the young, undercovered but very real controversy involving abuses of the Patriot Act, and the president's increasingly belligerent refusals to treat Congress as a co-equal branch of government are putting the discussion of presidential accountability onto the table from which House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has tried to remove it. Does this mean that Bush and Cheney will be impeached? That, of course, will be decided by the people. Impeachment at its best is always an organic process. It needs popular support or it fizzles, as with the attempt by House Republican leaders to remove former President Clinton in a process that, fairly or not, seemed to be all about blue dresses. While the people saved Clinton by signaling their representatives that they oppose sanctioning a president's personal morals, it doesn't appear that they're inclined to protect Bush. With each new revelation about what Gonzalez did at the behest of the Bush White House to politicize prosecutions by U.S. attorneys, the revulsion with the way the president's disregarded the Constitution and the rule of law becomes more intense. And citizens are not cutting their president much slack. A new USA Today Gallup poll conducted over the weekend shows that by a three-to-one margin nearly, Americans want Congress to issue subpoenas to force White House officials to testify in the Gonzalez case. Sixty-eight percent of those surveyed say the president should drop his claim of executive privilege in the matter, while only 26 percent agree with the reasoning Bush has used to try to block a meaningful inquiry. If the president wants to get in a fight with Congress over how to read the Constitution, it appears that the people will back Congress, and that backing is what will begin to restore the backbones of House members who, despite Pelosi's attempts to quiet talk of impeachment, are getting more and more intrigued by the prospect of holding this president to account. As Hagel says, this is not a monarchy. There are ways to deal with executive excess, and I hope the president understands that. If Bush doesn't recognize this reality now, he soon will, says John Nichols. He's got a new book. It's The Genius of Impeachment. The Founder's Cure for Royalism. Impressed by that? Okay. I knew you would be. 1,190 votes. Well, we got 1,300 look today. It's not too bad. What day is it? On a Wednesday. Well, no, see, I get confused because we got all those great Marlin ball games on. When the hell does the regular season start? Next week, I believe? Isn't it next week? The first, week? I believe. Sunday is the first. Do you, are you telling me that the regular season is going to start on a Sunday? You've got to be kidding me. Well, like, they'll have that first game, and then the Marlins should be on like the Reds, the Reds and somebody. Who cares yeah, about the like Reds? That. They used to be the Cincinnati Red Legs. And then, and then during the 50s, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, a little piece of trivia. During the 50s, because I'm old, when we, they had all the uh, communist uh, witch hunts going on, all the uh, red baiting going on, they, they stopped calling them the Reds and they called them the Red Legs again, which is what they were like 6,000 years ago, the Cincinnati Red Legs. Mm-hmm. And that's like Red Bone. I wonder I if I ask Paul Rossi if that's like Red Bone. Ever have a Red... Well, anyway. No. 
So, um, me either. Although they, the fun uh, part. Red legs. For a short period of time, and I said, "Boy, that's really embarrassing. That's that's really bad." It would be like the Tampa Bay uh, Tampa Bay Devil Rays. All that all that simmons they had over there with all those uh, religious freaks, those nuts, religious nuts. There's another redundancy for you, crazy people, like that. Devil Rays, you can't say that. The, that, that that's like uh, Satan, man. Satan's out there on the ball field. <laughs> <laughs> really sad. But then again, that's uh, Tampa. That's Florida for you. And that thing about that story about Nashville, man, and all that inbred crap going on, that's most of America. You know, they talk about the red states. I wonder that, what about the red bone states? 1193 on a poll. When we come back from the break, it's 1200, and the sky's the limit. I know this show is going to shock a lot of people. Nicole Kidman and Julia Roberts. <laughs> the hidden lives of gay wives. So, you're gay? Yes. Yeah. Both. Gay. Yes. Living two lives. Married to a man and in love with a woman. Yeah. <laughs> Nikki, so how did coming out change your life? Um, I went into this state of calmness, and that's when I realized that my conscience was clear. Their wedding made headlines around the world. Nicole Kidman married country star Keith Urban. Yeah! And then she fell in love with a woman. <laughs> did he kick you out? Yeah. Really? Big emotions. Okay. Big emotions. Okay. How long had you known you were gay? So much of my life. Always known. Uh-huh. You truly like having a girlfriend. I do. What would you say to her? You're one of the softest people inside that I know. I'm going to start crying. And she's kind. She's a kind girl. I love my mommy. <laughs> yeah, I, I just would say to anybody, whatever secret you're holding, live your own truth. I had a lesbian affair with a woman that lasted nearly three years. Hot animal lust. I'm gay. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something? Does anybody care? No. Absolutely not. It's uh, 1245. 1198, I thought we'd be at 1200. Didn't you after the uh, break? Yeah, sure, whatever. Yeah, exactly, whatever. That's the way we look at it here at QAM. Whatever, you know, that's just the way it is. NATO's, this is uh, kind of interesting. We don't want to go here. Kandahar. NATO's potty rule shuts out Afghans. Under a bizarre policy that echoes the days of segregation in the U.S., Afghans who work at the NATO base at Kandahar Airfield must use separate toilets marked local nationals only. Several Afghans told a Toronto Globe and Mail the practice is insulting, but they're dependent on NATO for their livelihoods and reluctant to speak out. Lieutenant Colonel Jack Blevins, the U.S. officer in charge of administrative contracts, said the segregated toilet policy exists because the bathroom habits of the Afghans are different from those of the North Americans and Europeans who work at the base. Do we really want to go here? <laughs> yeah, you go, girl. <laughs> so to speak. That's what they say when they approach the door. Do we really want to go in here? We've always had this policy, Lieutenant Colonel Blevins said. It's not based on a racial thing. It's just how they use the toilets. They're not used to toilets. They use squats or holes in the ground. Remember I told you about that? Right. About in Italy. I was in that one place where it was like a big mm -hmm. hole in the center of the uh, tea room. And I thought, holy moly, rat man. One Afghan who's worked at the base for five years and his interpreter laughed at the suggestion. He can't give his name because he works with the coalition and is afraid of being targeted by insurgents and winding up dead. I don't see any reason for separate bathrooms, he said. Everybody is human, so it should be one toilet. He said that foreign soldiers told him they wouldn't use the same toilets as Afghans because they're afraid of catching something contagious. Oh, it's like that homo disease. Soldiers say they're scared of local people who might have disease. He said, personally, I do not like that, but this is the way the army, so you have to respect that. 
The issue came to light when a Globe reporter tried to use the toilets near the main gate of Kandahar Airfield. The guard on duty, is that a play on words or what? The guard on duty directed the reporter to toilets 30 meters away. About 30, man. Saying the ones directly in front of him were for the Afghans. Lieutenant Colonel Blevins said he thinks of the policy as a cultural accommodation and it makes life easier for the cleaners. Oh, 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 no, I don't know if I can want to read this next part. Come on now. Oh, no. You can do it. When the Afghans use our porta-potties, they stand on the seats and it causes quite a mess, he said. I think it's just a cultural thing. Oh, my. Oh, my, my. My, my. Look out now. <sighs> Let me read that sentence again. When the Afghans use our porta-potties, they stand on the seats and it causes quite a mess. I think it's just a cultural thing, he said. Hmm. The toilets reserved for the Afghans typically have the words local nationals written on the door, and they're different color than the ones reserved for non-Afghans. Brown. Well, I know what color they probably are. <laughs> At least by the end of the day. The toilets look the same on the inside, except the plastic seat is sometimes removed from the local national toilets. Afghans say there aren't enough toilets to accommodate them, and theirs aren't as well cleaned as the, as the ones reserved for foreigners. It's not fair, said Kasim, an Afghan interpreter works at the base. He said some foreigners will use the local bathrooms when the lines are long and it suits them, but local Afghans can't use the bathrooms reserved for the foreigners. Some of the army guys, they use the local bathrooms, so we should be able to use their bathrooms too, said Kasim. As he speaks, his uncle comes over to say that the separate bathrooms are very nice. <laughs> very nice. Nice. We have very nice in there, don't we? Yeah, we do. I got it somewhere. Like I said, the, the uh, local bathrooms are... Uh, uh, very nice. There we go. And he's grateful to NATO for coming to Afghanistan. Hopes they'll stay a long time. Other Afghans who stand in line waiting to be searched as they leave the NATO base said they, can't ex they can accept having to use separate bathrooms and don't see it as a significant hardship. A few Afghan employees have the privilege of being able to use either set of toilets because they've worked with the coalition long enough to be considered trusted agents. Kasim said the problem comes down to the way Afghans use water to clean themselves before praying. The foreigners don't like it, he said. They don't be liking it. Lieutenant Colonel Blevins said there can be problems if water bottles used by the Afghans in their ablutions have to be fished out of the toilets. Oh! What kind of a hook do you use for those? Although Afghans are strongly encouraged to use the toilets marked local nationals only, they wouldn't be prevented from using another bathroom in an emergency, he said. Oh, let's hope they don't have no emergencies. There are also security issues to be considered, he said. Some foreign-only bathrooms are close to the soldiers' sleeping quarters, which need to be protected. More than 1,200 local people come through the gates of Kandahar Airfield most days, according to the Canadian guards who operate the main entrance. Well, just, that, that's enough of that. When they use the porta-potties, they stand on the seats and it causes quite a mess. It's a cultural thing. Can you say barbarian? Can you say that? 1,203 votes. Oh! Told you. We got 1,300 in our sights. Do we not? Oh, there's those pigeons making those cuckoo-cuckoo sounds again on my balcony. I'm going to go out there and have a chat with them and see. Maybe I can fly away with them. What do you think? I think you should go uh, grab one and uh, put it on the air or bite the head off of it or something. In fact, I can see it right now. It's like uh, drilling down and around. It's probably going to drop like a little. In fact, I, the pigeons remind me of the Afghans, the way they kind of indiscriminately uh, do their toilet business. In fact, he looks to me like he's like a dog looking for a good spot, you know. And speaking of dogs, I never did get that. Uh, what's his name again? The guy from Hialeah? Sp Spazzing Spags. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. If you're listening, Spazzing Spags, I tried to approve your dog, uh, that comment, the thing you sent me last night, and it just vanished in outer space. 
You know, that would be one good reason to be an astronaut. Can you imagine all the useful information, all the lost messages and, and uh, pictures and emails, all the lost information out there in space just floating around out there? Well, you could just get a big electric net for it. It's kind of like what's floating around in the Afghan turlets. Oh, there. I don't want to think about that. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> oh, man. That is just, you know, I don't want to say like 10th world country or people living in the dark ages, but, you know, that's what it's all about. Don't tell me I've got, oh, just one moment, please. Okay, well, i got to get that straightened out. 1,204 votes on the poll. For a million dollars, I would, and I hate this poll, is gaining. It's not losing. It's not going down, which, of course, that would be to please me and make me feel, you know, like we put a pretty, I, I don't care what they say. There's not a damn thing wrong with this poll. It's a fine poll. It's not even, you know, spectacular, but nice. it's nice. I hate this poll. It's got 186 votes, 15.4%. For a million dollars, I'd vote Republican, 146. For 10 million, I wouldn't do it. In fact, actually, what I would do is I would take the $10 million and I'd go in there and I'd vote Democrat. That's what I would do. I'd just lie about it. Is there anybody who wouldn't lie for $10 million? <laughs> no. For a million dollars, I would give up my favorite food for a year, 139 Have gay sex, 122 Work at WQAM, 120 Of course, you'll wind up spending that million dollars in you know, psychiatric care, but nevertheless, not have sex for a year, 119 Live in South Florida, 96 Kill some people, 83 not view porn for a year, 76. I know there's some people who couldn't do that for 100 million. Not smoke for a year, 71. And get married, 46 out of 1204. I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to, like, talking through our mother, I'm going to read the Norm Kent email again over that would be good. Maybe, maybe during the Marlin game tomorrow. What do you think? Sounds great. Sounds like a plan to me. Mad Dog coming up at 2 this afternoon, the Power Hour with Hank and the Mad Dog between 4 and 5. Then you got the Humper Solo at the Yenta Center, being the big hockey maven that he is, at the Bank Atlantic Center between 5 and 7. Panther preview at 7 o'clock. Panther's going to make those playoffs? No. Got any chance at all? No. No chance. Any interest? No. 7.30, it's the Panthers and the Trashers. And then after the hockey game, as opposed to just sticking ESPN radio on there, we get like a little bonus. Game night with Jesse Agler. Now, is Chris, you know, you know Jesse Agler or was it Josh that was telling us about him? I know him also. And does he uh, belong on the air? He's a nice guy. Uh, you know, well, that wasn't he's, the question. He's, he's getting he's a nice there. I mean, sometimes if, he stole, if he ever stole a freight train, does he belong on the air? Is he a broadcaster? He can get better, but he's, he's pretty good. You know what kind of an answer that is? What kind no, of I, I tuned out at, uh, you know, as soon as you went to the sports world, so... I didn't oh. hear that conversation After at all. the hockey game, it's a game that was Jesse Agler. And then, of course, it's ESPN Radio, which is a great way to get you into a radio-induced coma. Scott Farrell. And when I'm up in Boca Chica slapping old women with painted lips around the pool, I listen to the Neil Rogers one to two hours. Yeah, I mean, I listen to the Neil Rogers fair and balance one to two hours. Nice. Now back to the Kenny and Bo Show on 560 QA. Your homo headquarters for the speech and pair. <laughs> Hey, everybody, look, I get to fill in again. Uh, Dozy, dude, we got J.J. on the phone. Okay, but first I want to say hi to my mommy. Hi, mommy. Look, your Suskel is on the radio again. I'm on the radio. La, 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 la. <laughs> Me too. Go ahead, J.J. Whoa, 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 whoa. I got a used up old pickup over here. Oot, 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 a whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, 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 uh,
Tell them it's a 1 o'clock at 560 WQM. Don't forget that Kenny and Bo morning show, man. It's really something. Joyce won't let us say the word on the air, but it is. Now, how are we doing on the uh, thing here? 12, uh, oh, 12, well, we got it made in the shade. No problem. 1,300. Mark it down. All you people that keep track, mark it down. David Sirota on the Smirking Chimp says, A2, Katie Couric. You know, not only have I not watched her since those first couple of days when she was on, I realized how inappropriate it was to put her ass. Which well, I it's, it still is. But I, I have never the thought has never even entered my mind. I mean, it's so alien to me. It would be like like expecting to find people speaking Russian on my TV set. It just it just uh, it's totally alien to my mind. A two, uh, Katie Couric. How come I'm grepsing so much? That's because I never got to make my bacon today. Damn it! And you don't want to know why I didn't make my bacon? Why didn't you make your bacon today? Because yesterday I forgot to go out and buy more uh, paper towels. I see. Well, you can't make, you can't nuke stuff. Uh, you are right. Can... You need lots of paper towels. Right. Unless, you, of course, you make it in the flavor wave. How the hell would I do that? Not microwave bacon, just real bacon. You lay it out on the yard. I don't have any real bacon. I have only microwave, uh, nuclear bacon. You. I could do that during the next Wonderful. break. I could, go in there and, I could go in there and smear it together. I, I'll find a way. I could get some slightly used, um, from yesterday, paper towel. Or I could take 20 minutes off and go across the street to the convenience store and buy some new paper towel and go in there and make, you know, make it right the really good way and make it good. How's that sound? Sounds great. <laughs> oh, where's Neil all of a sudden? Well, he's across the street at the convenience store buying paper towels to make nukable uh, bacon with. You could always ask a neighbor. There are, there are no neighbors home right now, nor do I know any of these neighbors. This is a very transient building, and I'm not going to go knocking on doors asking, Hey, you got any paper towels? Huh? I had a little accident here. I'm, getting, I'm planning for my trip to Kandahar. I'm uh, learning how to use the turlets. Anyway, David Sirota says, no, I, I think what I'll do is I'll, just, I'll go in the sack and I'll get out yesterday's. I mean, that's not disgusting, is it? No. It's got the fat from yesterday's bacon on it, though, that's all, like, munged on there. Oh, it's not, not good, you know? You should squeeze it out and sell it. I, I got news for it. If I squeezed my fat out and sell it, I could sell it about a pound. I could, I could there you go. forget about Woodbine. You could uh, sell it as hair tonic. David Sirota says, I, like many people, find it nauseating that the professional political pontificators seem unable to contain their desire to apply horse race analysis to Elizabeth Edwards' announcement that she has life-threatening cancer. From CNN to Time Magazine to Rush Limbaugh, the national political chattering class has this week truly earned its well-deserved reputation as a group of people dominated by egomaniacal, self-absorbed freaks wholly and completely out of touch with even the most basic sense of decency. 
Perhaps the most disturbing display of all, however, was 60 Minutes' Katie Couric. She spent most of her interview with the Edwardses behaving like a prosecutor, cross-examining them about why they're going forward with the presidential campaign. And when I say interrogate, I mean interrogate. This was no ordinary interview. This was a televised guilt trip. She stated as fact to John Edwards that he is supposedly putting your work first and your family second. She also pulled a some-say technique, claiming that an unnamed some say that in making this decision, Edwards is displaying a, qua- a case of insatiable ambition. In pursuing this line of repeated questioning, of course, Couric ignored the pretty well-known psychological value of work during health care crises. She also ignored the fact that this is an immensely personal decision that doesn't require some multi-million dollar journalist to perform a televised Gitmo-style interrogation in order for viewers at home to glean the news value. And most incredibly, she ignored her own behavior when her spouse was diagnosed with cancer. That's right, Katie Couric's husband was diagnosed with cancer in 1997. I did a quick check of the transcripts for that year, and it's pretty clear that she kept working as the anchor for NBC's Today show, if not full-time, then pretty close to it. I want to be extremely clear that Couric continued to work while her husband was sick was entirely her and her family's personal decision. I'm not going to comment on the merits of that decision, not because I think it was a bad one or a good one, because it's an entirely personal decision. Really, who the hell am I, and who the hell is anyone, to question someone's decision to keep working during a family health crisis? It's not up to me or you or anybody else to decide whether such a decision for Katie Couric and her husband or John Elizabeth Edwards is a good or bad decision because it's an entirely personal decision whether you're a national TV anchor, a presidential candidate, or any other damn thing. I don't care if you're running for Supreme Leader of the Galaxy. Your choice about whether to continue working at a time of family health crisis should be entirely your own without fear of journalists trying to get a good scoop. I wonder how Katie Couric would have reacted back in 97 if people started interrogating her about why she was working during her husband's tragic illness. I'm guessing she wouldn't have reacted too kindly to it, which she shouldn't have. Why should she? Uh, she would have every right to be pissed off. That's why I couldn't believe she of all people insisted on this line of interrogation. I was frankly amazed that the Edwardses didn't get up and walk out on the third or fourth question along these lines. Kirk at one point stated that politics is a cynical business, and the Edwardses laughed as if to say, duh. It is a cynical business, but it's cynical because people like Katie Couric are so utterly caustic and so utterly devoted to the scoop that they insist on exploiting even the most personal of personal issues, regardless of their own personal experiences. Pretty good crap, David Sirota, political strategist, New York Times bestselling author, yada, 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 and a partridge in a pear tree. Katie Couric, my ass, man. (laughs) Some journalist. She ain't even very, from what I'm hearing. 1,229 votes on our award-winning poll, even though 15.4% of the number keeps going up and up and up. We're going to give you a shtuch, Neil. We're going to stick it to you. We're going to make you feel like you want to blow your brains out or at least go out on the balcony with that pigeon and look straight down. I mean, I'm a few floors up. You know, I could, I, uh, and like I told you before, the problem with that whole deal is you can get halfway down and you change your mind, you know? Yeah, that would suck. That is not good. And you'd feel oh, like an idiot, too. Yeah, I know. I don't think you feel like an idiot. Well, you... You know, you'd have to, uh, like in golf, you know, they yell, four, you mm-hmm. know, like on the way down, make sure nobody, nobody painting the ass bystander gets splattered down there with it. And Norma Kent writes me, and, and, and I just, I read it again on my Hotmail, you know, as opposed to off the Blackberry, to see if, if, if it would sit any differently with me. It did not. It was just as annoying, just as unacceptable, just as grotesque, just as non-funny, he writes, oh, here's something else you can rip me about on the air. That I'm a jackass and as useless, as useless as breast on a rattlesnake. You know what I mean by that? Because even no, a rattlesnake had lovely breasts, you ain't going to get anywhere near it. Same, same thing. Oh, That's know. how useless. How, how lovely we're we talking over here. I mean, succulent. I mean, I've already done that. Supple and gorgeous. 
perfectly shaped. How about we can't be talking about breasts too much here, okay? Because then Joyce will get all in her shape. Man, I bet you she's saggy all the way down to her ankles, Joyce. Can you even imagine? Talk but make me go hand. there. I don't want to conjure that up. Oh, yeah. A disgusting thought. It's almost as grotesque. That would be a good poll question. What's more disgusting, the way the Afghans use the toilets or Joyce's boobies? Huh? Think about either one of them, man. Please. In fact, there are a lot of people out there who just finished lunch. I'm begging. Guys profusely. It's a bad idea. Conjuring up either one of those images. How about Joyce uh, squatting on one of the Afghan toilets? How do you like that, Joyce? Rectum. Yeah. You bitch. And the beat goes on. And these people, bada beep, bada boop, bada bop, and corporate legal this, and she's worried about this one and about that. Yeah. But she sure as hell not worried about this show between 10 and 2 every day. I'll tell you that right now. Because she hates us, me especially, but you as well, because, you know, you're guilt by association. Right, and, and Chris, even Chris. Matter, that's right. Josh, like because he poison. worked here. Like poison, speaking of uh, rattlesnakes. She has a venomous hate toward us. She's, she's spewing her venom, like that guy said. It's probably jealousy. And what, what, is that, what is that one? Oh, it's one of the voicemails, isn't it? Where the guy's talking to that moron about yeah. spewing my venom. Well, I'll find one. Sure, we can still play it? Yes, George, this is... Uh... No, that's not the guy. No. Hey, listen, I know my uh, crap. Oh, here you go. Maybe it's this one. I've been listening to WQAM for... No, that's, mm. is that it? Oh, yeah, that's it. Is, it. Yeah. That's the I've one. been listening to WQAM for, um, gosh, oh, five to six years. Yeah. And uh, I've Big watched deal. the morning show evolve and everything. And um, I, I have a problem. I'm taking my kids to school and mm -hmm. thinking commercials for, uh, for the guy that c curses nasty. Nasty things, and there's no warning. It just blurts out, you know, fuck you, and and, and, yeah. and you can hear the bleep, you can hear the, fuck, you know, and you can hear the <laughs> venom in his voice, and and you know, I don't have a. Oh wait, 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 wait the venom. That's why I was. That's the only reason I played it. Hear the venom yeah. in his voice, and this guy's got kids. This guy's reproducing, okay, and I've got lots of venom in my voice, and I'm blurting out f you on the radio, right? That's South Florida for you, man. See, my suggestion is that if you've got your kid in the car and you're all worried what he's going to hear. i got my pants and shirt on, by the way, for Woodbine. Aren't you proud of me? But if you're worried about that, change the dial, okay? Your kid will show you how to do it. He'll probably reach right over and uh, turn it right back out of the show. He's probably having a hell of a time. Sure as hell better than that country kiss crap you're listening to. Oh, sorry, Joe. Sorry. Shouldn't have said that, should I? Whatever. Well, that's because I'm not a team player like that guy who called the other day. You're not a team player, Neil, and if you were, you would have let Kenny and Bo uh, have their guest on for as long as they wanted in your time. Stuff like that. Don't you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. Ten minutes after one at 560 WQ. Good. And now, another parenting tip from Kevin Federline. Hey y'all, what's up? It's K-Fed with Parenting Tips 850. Don't pull out the baby nose hair or clean their ears with a garden hose. Though the ears will be clean, you fill them up with water. Then you got a whole nother set of problems with Richard Dyfus. And with the nose hair, if you pulls out one of those hairs, ooh, out come out the brain, right out the nose. Word! If you needs me, I do birthdays, Barcelona mitzvahs, and biage parties. You're welcome. This has been another parenting tip from Kevin Federline. For your father, for your father. 243 votes on a poll. 1243. That's not too bad. But who's counting? Wait till you hear this. This is going to get you really, uh, well, you wouldn't care. Well, you, actually, you would. All depending on what you're smoking. I was going to say you're not a smoker. But then again, it all depends. Right. 
Sometimes I'm on fire and then I'm smoking. Sometimes, sometimes I'm. Flaming. So I've been told. This is in yesterday's Toronto Star, and what amazes me, and again, well, we, we don't care about what's happening in Canada. Canada sucks, Neil. Oh, that's right, I forgot. But I'm going to tell you anyway. Because in a country that supposedly is progressive as this one generally is, you know, on like, like on, uh, you know, Miro, Marijuini and uh, gay rights and gay marriage and, and just a whole variety of things, you know, and personal freedoms, this just uh, frosts my ass a little bit, even though I'm not a smoker. See, I'm not one of those people who's, who's all in favor of banning things that have to do with other people. That, you know, in other words, if it's not my own personal ass to grind that I don't care about it, that's selfish is what that is. And there is few things in, war, in the world that are worse than being selfish. No smoking in apartments, question mark. Health minister says he thinks debate on the subject would be a fine idea. A nice. idea. The time has come to debate whether or not smoking should be banned in some apartment buildings. Ontario Health Minister George Smitherman said yesterday, amid growing pressure to curb the deadly effects of secondhand smoke in high-rise buildings. While Smitherman said he'd rather see market forces drive landlords to declare their buildings smoke-free, he acknowledged it would be worth having the discussion about whether legislation would be necessary to back up any ban. We've got to look at it from a regulatory standpoint, he said. We sure will do that. There'll be a good discussion, but there's a lot of power in the hands of the people, he said. Landlords, hospitals, and anti-smoking activists say they would welcome a debate about banning smoking in some apartment buildings because they say tenants don't have the choice of a smoke-free environment now. <clears throat> Sounds like somebody's blowing a lot of smoke to me. Premier Dalton McGuinney, who has previously ruled out banning smoking in cars where children are present because it'd be a slippery slope, was less eager to debate the issue. That's not something we're considering, no, he said in Peterborough, when asked whether anti-smoking laws should be extended to apartment buildings. Lawyers and politicians aren't always necessary to bring about social change, Smitherman said, setting the example of hotels that have gone entirely smoke-free. Private developers and landlords in British Columbia, Manitoba, and south of the border in Michigan have also banned smoking in some of their apartment buildings and condominiums. Smoking is currently prohibited in elevators, hallways, other common areas in Ontario, but not in apartment residences. You know something? The day they try to pull that is the day I'm going to start smoking uh, stogies again. Whether yeah. Ontario wants to change that is open for debates. So they'll have to drag me out of here kicking and screaming, man. I, I just hate that kind of stuff. It's a debate Irene Gallagher said tenants across Ontario would love to have. Gallagher, who speaks for the Ontario Tobacco-Free Network, said two polls conducted last year for the network suggest that people want the choice of living in a smoke-free building. Well, let them move, for Christ's sakes, okay? Go find some other militant lunatics. You maniac. Some 64% of respondents to the poll said they prefer a smoke-free building over one where smoking was permitted, while 46% of apartment owners said smoke from the neighbors had seeped into their unit. Oh, I hate when smoke seeps into your unit, don't you? All the time. God. If they want to open up this debate in the legislature, that's good, Gallagher said. It would get people talking. We need the industry to respond to market demand by offering some choice. The polls conducted in March and November of last year surveyed some 1,800 Ontario residents and are considered accurate, yada, yada, yada. But Vince Brescia, president and CEO of the Federation of Rental Housing Providers of Ontario, said landlords can't make buildings smoke-free without some provincial muscle. Landlords can't evict a tenant who has a pet, let alone enforce a smoking ban, he said. Oh, really, they can't uh, evict a tenant who's got a pet? I didn't know that. I think I'm going to go out and give me a dog. And then uh, you, you'll see how fast they'll kick my ass out of here. What? What are you laughing about? A little, uh, like, 
Like it's tiny, one of those a dogs man, there. man, a little dog. I'll get a dog that can do an amusing trick like the one in the video. Yeah, I like the one that I'm, I'm still... I, I keep checking every break to see if uh, Spaz, uh, Spaz Spastic there at Higherly has resent me that thing. He hasn't done it. Well, at least I got to see it. I, I laughed my ass off. I thought it was, and, and I immediately clicked to approve it, and it just vanished. And that little thing came on there. Uh, the the uh, item you're trying to approve has been uh, you know, sent off in outer space, sent to Uranus, or some crap like that. There, there was a technical problem. There's always technical problems. If it's really funny, it's like us. We got some stuff here that's really funny in the DCS. Of course, we can't play it. That's the point. For, I'll give you just a quick example. Listen to me. This is Stan Beinstein. Can't play that. That's a funny bit, right? Yeah. Can't play it. I'll tell you another one. That one. Can't yeah. play that. You're what? Okay. Well, you could let him say it. What's that planet? Wait, I That's it. A little, uh, yeah. <laughs> a little sound. That was a chirp scratch. Is that what it was? Yeah. He was maybe scratching over there. Maybe they got. Maybe uh, Eminem's got chirpies. Wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me what he's got. <laughs> oh, I, I'll be honest with you, though. I hate to admit this. This is a terrible thing to admit. What? In some pictures where he's like standing, like you know, almost naked, he looks pretty good. Okay. I hate to say that because I can't stand. No, what I can't stand what he pretends to be music because it just. Oh man. No, you like that song. What's that? Oh, I do like that. Remember, you used to uh, read the uh, the lyrics or play the thing where it was uh, just the lyrics, the dry uh, voice of that. The dry voice of the original. Now, when you, you say can't play that anymore, voice, yeah, then... yeah, careful now. No, I'm just trying to get back to uh, to this. <laughs> yeah, if you have a dry voice, I guess you make different sounds with your mouth, and if you have like a, a moist voice. Wow. And if you have a moist voice, there are going to be a lot of questions asked, I'm sure that, especially in America, baby. So anyway, Hillary Short, president and CEO of the Ontario Hospital Association, said if the province can do something to mitigate the harmful impact of secondhand smoke issued, why don't we just put everybody in jail, eh? That's the American way. Let's make it the Canadian way, too, eh? Good golly, Miss Molly. Can't people enjoy anything no more? Can't they do nothing? And like I said, I'm not a smoker. And I, I do agree, like in a place like casinos, I hated that. It falls through Niagara Falls. Before they finally, last summer, they finally made the smoking ban. They extended it to there. And it's not that I'm a militant anti-smoker. If you want to build up a good tumor, that's fine. Just don't blow it in my direction, that's all. And it's one thing about a lot of you smokers out there. You sit down like in a casino like that, and they hold, they hold. I mean, you see there's like enough ashes on there. You could build a mountain with the damn thing. And, and instead of like flicking the ashes and, and making it less uh, aggravating, they hold the thing there and it's burning and burning, and they know it's like wafting in your direction. It's like they're taking a fan and blowing it right at you, you know? Not good. Speaking of blowing. $3.5 million. Erdy, erdy, erdy. Yeah. Hardy, hardy, har. How many dead people we got today, W? You bastard, you. You butcher. Cut the pork, yeah. Cut the crap. How's that? Cut the pork. Yeah, get a knife. Twelve fifty-one. I don't know if we're going to do it or not. You better start pushing this, Chris. Twelve fifty-three. I thought thirteen hundred was a, a gimme. That's why I wasn't pushing on it. We'll get it. Now we now we still need forty-seven votes in thirty-eight minutes. I mean, it's just barely more than one a minute. You're worrying too much. I'm, I've been told that before, in exactly those words. You know, you worry too much. And I got that from my mother. I'm I'm, I'm going to stop worrying though as of this yeah, moment. Yeah, stop it. Give it back to her. No, 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 it's funny you said that. You worry too much. I was told exactly the same words. I think George said it. No, George didn't say it. A close personal friend of mine said that. You worry way too much on several occasions. And I should have said, well, that's just me. You know, I'm just a schmuck. But then again, everybody knows that. 
Still 12.53. We need 47 votes in 37 minutes, and we're not, we're not going to... Oh, wait a minute. 37 minutes? Is that right? That's correct. I don't want my math to start getting bad here, because that's, that's about the only thing I know how to do, is the math crap. A senior aide to Attorney General Alberto Gonzalez has decided against testifying uh, to, before lawmakers about her role in the ousters of uh, eight federal prosecutors. Monica Goodling's in... Oh, not Monica. We can't have another Monica. I wonder if she wears a blue dress. See, we can't play any of that stuff anymore either, can we? I don't Monica. think so. Huh? Well, let's try one. Go as far as you can. Oh, we can't say no. Lewinsky. That's bad. That's got bad implications. What? Nothing. Well, at least at least the thing doesn't say in and out of uh, just as into. Yeah. Monica Goodling's announcement that she would take the Fifth Amendment to avoid possibly incriminating herself came as the embattled Attorney General cast himself as misunderstood in his conflicting accounts of his involvement in the firings. Goodling is the Justice Department's liaison to the White House. She said, I, ain't, I don't want to testify. Remember that song? I love that song. And I got it here somewhere. Your buddy Chickenek said it to me a long time ago. The Parliament's and I want to testify. Speaking of faggots, man, the Parliament's. How do you like that? Now, if you were to smoke, what kind of cigarettes would you smoke? Not camels. <sighs> Why not camels? Now, what about Chris? Chris, ever been a smoker? Nope. I smoked cigars for a couple of times, but uh, not anymore. A couple of times. Well, what, what does that mean? Like when, uh, you know, a couple of friends' weddings, you know, so the bachelor parties and the wedding and stuff like that. But, yeah, that was about a year and a half period, and then I stopped doing it. That's good. They'll kill you, man. They'll absolutely kill you. I, I bad taste I'm, I'm not going to I'm not gonna lie to you. I, I love a good stogie. And, of course, being a racetrack person, I got in the habit of doing that for years and years and years. I love a good cigar, man. Almost, I mean, there are a few things I like better. Well, a few. Uh-oh, smoke pouring from a high-rise building in downtown Chicago. Look at that. Or on that roof. Now, we're being told the building is evacuated. They evacuated building the building just as a precaution. But there it is, 500 West Monroe, if you know the Chicago area, uh, just west uh, of the Chicago River. You see firefighters there on the roof, and they're pouring, uh, at least trying to get to that uh, cooling tower. See what's going on up there on the roof? Those flames out. It appears to be smoky now. Don't see any flames there, at least visibly. So uh, it looks like they may have gotten a handle on it. But we'll definitely stay on top of this story. High-rise fire in Chicago. No injuries. That's the good news in all of this. Happening right now. We'll keep you updated. Well, thank you so much. See, there you go. Smoke is pouring. I, I, I agree with you about that song, man. So much better than uh, the, the Drifters. Up yeah. on the roof. What about I'm it? just telling you, some, sometimes there are versions of the song. Well, I'll mm -hmm. give you another one. Little Darlin' by the Gladiolas, which I guess if you're from New York, maybe you remember that. But Little Darlin' was... And the Diamonds was the big hit on Little Darlin' from about like 58, 59, way back when, before most of you were born. Oh, there you go. That's the Diamonds. Trust me. Am I right? Well, yeah, yeah. I don't have any Gladiolas. It's a novelty one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God. Huh. I'm embarrassed. I'm getting choked up. But the one by the Gladiolas is really... <clears throat> See what I mean? Yeah. Bad. And that was the big hit. And, of course, that's because there are a lot of people out there, unlike yours truly, who have really bad taste. The biggest names, the best talent. This is Neil Rogers, Sports Radio 560. Q-A-M. The two listeners in our audience will be excited to hear the new comma, 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 
Shining and there's a pigeon squatting right there on my railing. How do you like that? I don't. Providence, uh, I built some bleachers out there. It's a cute thing that you just sent me. I just sent it to somebody else. That thing about. Uh, oh, they, Miguel sent that to me. I thought it was hysterical. Well, I'm forwarding it to mm-hmm. everyone I know. Hot dogs. What is it again? Hot dogs for the homophobes. Hot dogs for homophobes. It's a <laughs> lovely thing. Well, kind of. Twelve hundred sixty-nine votes. We need thirty-one more in twenty-seven minutes. See, that's just barely more than one a minute. Anybody can do that. And then as we get toward the last, I think what we're going to do, maybe just today. I don't think we need to do it every day. Okay. It's kind of like, well, no, we need to evaluate what happened here today because, you know, as of Monday, see, what I'm going to do, I'm going to tell you right now, and that is that I'm not turning on this phone monitor again until they do something. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. In other words, they, they can, and not, not that they're going to say anything because they'll never say anything to me. As you well know, everything is said behind your back. Oh, well, you know, Neil's show is so much better when he's taking those calls from those morons and when he uh, interacts with the caller. Well, you know something? If, if that's the way you feel about it, then do something, Joe. Do something. Don't keep sending meaningless emails to Norm about, well, uh, you're going to be out and uh, yada, 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 and one of these days, and, and uh, we'll pass it by Joyce and pass it around the dinner table and see who grabs it. Yeah, grab this. Now, can you hear that? It's not loud enough. Well, maybe if I open the other mic. Hear what? Can you hear the cooing? Listen. No. You can't hear it out there in a patio? It is, it's just <laughs> nauseating. Yeah, nauseating. <laughs> it reminds me of cats. That's one of the reasons I hate cats so much is, you know, the way they come in that real creepy way, you know, rub against your leg with all that static electricity. Like, oh, fag, get away from me, you know. If it's somebody I want to rub up against my leg, it sure as hell isn't you. I mean, the cat. I wasn't talking to you. Or, or you. Great. Trust me. 72 on the pole. We're going to get that 1300 I got my shoes on, my pantaloonies, man, my shirt. I'm all set for Woodbine. And I'm going to, when I'm at Woodbine, maybe I'll uh, have some hot dogs for homophobes. They got some good wieners up there at the track. 
David Stockman, former top budget in the Reagan uh, White House, and three others were charged Monday in an alleged securities conspiracy that employed one of North America's largest auto parts dealers before the supplier collapsed into bankruptcy. Stockman was former chairman and CEO of Michigan-based Aikman Corporation. He was budget director under President Ronnie Reagan. They're all a bunch of crooks. That's what I've been trying to tell you for a long time, haven't I? All a bunch of crooks. Republicans, Democrats, independents, conservatives, liberals, uh, Chaim Yankels, whatever they are. I do like Chaim Yankel. I'm going to write him in. Good. Chaim Yankel and Macy Pivik. Now, when is it? Mm-hmm. Is it the Sunday you told me is Pesach? Oh, jeez. I thought it was Friday. It is not Friday. Not this Friday. No, it's not next Friday. Monday. Sunday at uh, sundown, trust me. Monday at sundown. Monday, like I said, the second. Monday at sundown. And she's buying bread at 7 No trafe on Pesach, baby. I'm telling you right now. You know, I never made that bacon, damn it. You forgot to remind me. Well, too late now. What, what do you mean, too late now? I'm kidding. Too late now, Obviously, my ass. it's not too late. Too late now, my ass, mister. We got 24 minutes, and we only need uh, 20 votes on the poll to get to 13. And we got that made in the shade. Now, what I was going to say is that, you know, I think we need to analyze what the hell we're doing here. And uh, since we're entirely, you know, switching the show around and nobody nobody in the building, of course, is going to say anything. You know, because you think Clarence is going to come up to you and say, oh, gee, I think Neil Reedy ought to be taking call. You think he's going to do that? No. You think Joe Bell is going to come there? Maybe. Carol King, it's too late. See, I could barely even hear it and I talked it up. You know something? I am so good that sometimes I'm embarrassed by it. I know that sounds very, uh, you know, self-serving, but sometimes I scare even myself. Yeah, you do all right for an old man. See, there we go with the old man stuff again. <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're right. I was, uh, you know. Now, now, let me ask you this. Oh, I, let's do it after the break because I want to discuss that. All right. Because I, I actually wrote that with one of my uh, favorite correspondents this morning about, you know, and, and I'm starting, I don't know, is it that I'm waxing philosophical now that I'm getting closer to death? Or I mean, I don't think about dying except on Monday when I want to, like, induce it, you know, from the show and the station. But I, I'm not one of those people that sits back, oh, gee, I got a hangnail. I think I'm dying over here, you know, like that. Considering considering all the crap that I eat being right. diabetic, like yesterday with that, uh, all that score ice cream. Stop man, rolling those dice. By the way, speaking of rolling dice, I uh, passed Hank in the hallway on the way back from the Magic Room, and he says that everything that you say about this place is, uh, goes triple. Yeah. Amen, hum- he said, Humper. amen, brother, and then some. Yeah, they sure jerked him around, man, sticking him out there in the morning, making him get up 4.30 in the morning and all that other crap. They've treated him like garbage, and that's the way this company is. And why don't you want to know why? Because they're desperate. They're flailing around, man, desperately reaching, grabbing, you know, trying to get a hold of something good. And they can't do it because they screwed it up. What did I tell you when they brought in? Greg broke the egg. What did I tell you? When you break an egg, it's not like Humpty Dumpty, you know, when all of a sudden he put the pieces together again. That's a fairy tale. You well, they, they couldn't right. remember. That was the, uh, the moral of the All story. the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. That's and right. that's the uh, deal at QAM. When Greg broke the egg, that's what the deal was. But anyway, let, let, don't, let me forget when we come back after the break. And I'm going to go make my bacon, too, which probably isn't all that good for. It's got all the nitrites in there, all that stuff. But I want to talk about this whole business about getting old, and you, know, you, you change your your attitudes about life change when you get uh, you know. And I and I don't know whether that was because of that 
Jacob business, that whole my that, that whole initiation in MySpace was not was not a healthy thing. I mean, I don't regret it because I got some terrific friends on there now that I wouldn't have met otherwise, and I, that would not be good. But um, you know what I'm saying? What are you saying? I don't know. I'm saying I'm getting old. There's Rob Marciano there. I couldn't be getting too old because I see him and I get like, hey, Rob, you know, like that. And like when I saw that picture of our friend Mark, the soccer player, with a broken leg on our MySpace on Monday. And I looked at that and I couldn't be getting that old because I thought, <sighs> like that. That's exact. And when he responded to my email, I thought to myself, that's a good guy, you know. That's a good guy with a sense of humor. But anybody that looks like that and has taken all those modeling pictures almost naked all the time, he's got to be used to everybody, including a bunch of old fags like me, drooling and getting all wild and, like, hot and bothered by, ah, hey, Mark, you're like that, you know, like that. And that's exactly the way I looked at it, so I can't be getting that old, you know. Maybe it's just that I'm thinking about it more and just uh, capable of doing it less. You think that's possible? It's possible. Kind of like when you get married, you know. What? Several days ago, I commented briefly on some recent statements that have been made by some members of Congress about Iraq. And it's important to make this point at the outset. The President of the United States purposely misled the American people on pre-war intelligence. American soldiers and Marines serving in Iraq go out every day into some of the most dangerous and unpredictable conditions. These brave Americans were sent into battle for a deliberate falsehood. Pre-war information was distorted to corrupt the oil for food program. There is no denying that the president lied to the American people. This is revisionism of the most corrupt and shameless variety. It's also something I enjoy. It's one of the reasons I've stayed in the business, and I believe the feeling is probably the same for most of us in public life. The president and his administration hate our country and hate the liberties for which we stand. They dwell in the shadows have no regard for the laws of warfare, and feel unconstrained by any standard of morality. The President of the United States is dishonest and reprehensible, and none of us should want it any other way. All Thank right. You very much. Okay, 145. Come on 90 votes. We need just 10 more to go now. I did a horrible thing here during the break. What? Mm, oh, you know, something came out pretty good. Oh, the microwave bacon? bacon? Mm-hmm. She'd microwave no one of those pigeons. I used a regular, like, fax paper. Oh. And I put it on that in the Ooh. microwave. And then when it was, and, and man, it's it's like ten times crispier than it is on a paper towel. How do you like that? I use the fax paper in the fax. All the, all the chemicals from the uh, paper. Yeah. Mm. Not that there aren't any in paper towels, so, you know. No, there sure are not. You better stop spreading that propaganda, mister. And, um... And then I, I took some paper towel out of the garbage that I used yesterday and just sopped off all that. You know, you got to do that. You have to sop off the extra grease unless you're a crazy person, you know, unless you have a death wish. Oh, in fact, look, oh, because, because this other paper isn't absorbent. Oh, my God, take a puke at that. It's got, like, all the grease and fat is, like, munging all over that other uh, paper there. That, that's not good. 1291 on the poll. We need nine more votes, and we got uh, 13 minutes. Should be easy, shouldn't it? I don't want to eat on the air, but I, I have no choice because I'm certainly not going my, my lesbianese is, um, terrorist cab driver isn't going to permit me to be eating no bacon. I don't know if it's halal. How do you know? Hmm? He, come, I mean, he don't like me eating in the cab in the first place. He would, he would let me do it because I'm his number one customer. He loves me. He, loves my, he doesn't love me. He loves my money. Right. 
Now, that, that's an interesting distinction. Does somebody love you or do they love your money? That was pointed out to me in a very astute email I got this morning. It was very uh, perspicacious. Mm-hmm. Do they care about you or do they just want your money, you know? How's your buddy Chris doing, by the way? Did he ever acknowledge getting that thing? Did you send him that thing? I sent it. Didn't acknowledge it, though? Not yet. Hmm. You really have to wonder about some of those people on there. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I just like stirring that up again because it makes certain people paranoid. Like uh, Chris, right, Christopher? Not you, Chris. 1294. Oh, we got 1300 made in the shade. Of course, I can't talk about this whole old age thing. Maybe I'll talk about it tomorrow. And then the people across the street will say, see, we told you all the old guys are there on QAM, the guys that used to be popular. We got the young hip guys, you know, like Sid the Kid. When's the next trend coming out? Do we have any idea? I don't. No. They probably have to look it up. You don't think Clarence is going to come right in there and say, oh, it's going to be on Friday or some crap like that, do you? No, no. You know how to do that, right? I know how to do what? Look it up. Didn't you do that before? Of course. I can do do it during the last break. Of course, once we go into the last break, uh, we don't come back. I, I can always talk over it, you know. I can interrupt. Man, this is good. But this is not a good idea, though. You think? Why not? Because the the bacon is obviously absorbing whatever chemicals are in this damn paper. What do you mean, why not? Are you a crazy Look, person if, or what? If you make paper with chemicals, then they're in the paper towels also. Yeah, but paper towels are like soft and fluffy and very, they seem like almost... Oh, innocent, yeah, that means know? they can't have chemicals in there. That's right. Like you like you find you, them in the hospital or How something. do you think they get them soft and fluffy? Chemicals. Right. Mmm. Man. You know, I, I would say right now that this is the best bacon I've ever nuked in my life. This is well, It's right making here. me hungry, I'll tell you. Mmm. Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> Sound like the, uh, the best of meals, bit. Yeah, like that. Okay, let's take a look at that poll result. I don't want to. I don't want to get all into that other thing because I don't have time to do it. And maybe it's not a good idea anyway. You know. But you, but you do as you get older, you become a, a different person. You really do. I never realized that. What did I tell you about one day I woke up and I realized it was old. Not good. I don't. I don't remember exactly which day that was. Because if I would have if I would have known for sure that day, that's the day I would have jumped. Oh, you're going out on the balcony. Twelve ninety four. We still need six votes. Don't stop now. Don't go back and away now. Twelve ninety-five. We still need five, and we only got ten minutes to do it. I mean, you you think it'd be automatic, but you know this crowd—they like they like to. Oh, look at that! Down to fifteen point one percent. I hate this poll. Now I feel better. Don't you feel a little bit better? Oh yeah. So let me ask you, Chris. Since it's now the um, what is this? The second day. It's only the second day. Yesterday was stellar. Yesterday was spectacular. And don't forget, Cold Stone Creamery, kosher certified. That's what it says on their website. Certified kosher. Not not just not just claiming to be kosher, but certified, probably by the head Rebbe, you know? By some big shot. And certainly kosher for Pesach. So what do you think, Chris? What's your analyzation? You're you're the expert now. Um I missed some of the calls. Not the weirdos though. Aye, aye, aye. You missed some of the calls. <clears throat> now, what does it that mean? A little, it adds a little bit of flavor every once in a while. Okay. Although, I must say, you know, Monday and stuff, it was just outrageous. The, and the we are at 1,300, world. though. We are? Well, that's, that's one thing. 
Now, let me see. See, the thing isn't, it's not flashing because I haven't been taking any calls for two days. Oh, wait, wait a minute. Look at this. Can this be? Oh! Line one is working. Yeah, George came in and tested it yesterday. He didn't want me to tell you. He wanted you to find out yourself. You mean Corso? Yes, sir. Schmuck. WQAM, hello. Hey, Neil, how are you doing? Okay, sir. Are you one of the good calls at Christmas? I was trying to call you yesterday. Uh, you know they have three sizes, uh, like it, love it, and gotta have it, right? What's that? Well, well, there's small, medium, and large, but I mean the large is really large. So Where? what? Well, what are you talking about? The sizes of the uh, ice cream servings at Cold Stone. Oh, Cold Stone. Stone. Yeah. Right. It's a like it, love it, and gotta have it. So yeah, one I time I went it. there, one and only time, I swear to God, I thought I was in a diabetic coma. I got the uh, Founders, whatever you mentioned yesterday, I forgot the name of it. Let me tell you something. You know, I'm a healthy male. 30-something, work out, and the sugar level in that thing almost killed me. My yeah. head was swooning. Mm -hmm. So don't try it, buddy. You're going to kill yourself by eating that. I'm on the way to Rochester this weekend. I'll see you in Dundas Square, buddy. All right, Pally. How do you like that? Or maybe Buffalo. Although I don't, I don't, I'm not ready to go to Buffalo. They might have four feet of snow there this weekend. There's no snow here and you know, or anywhere. But knowing Buffalo... Boy, this stuff is so damn good. I'm, I'm so glad you came up with the idea of my making this. Mm. Me too. Man, no, can, can hungry, you hear how no, I wasn't it is? hungry until now. Can you hear how crispy it is? Let's I, take I a call on line on one for the first time in two years, and there's nobody on it. How do you like that? Nobody on it. We finally get it to ring, and there's nobody on line one. WQAM, hello. Okay. So what do you say, Chris? Yeah, I liked it without the calls. I, I don't really care. I, I can I can live either way, but I'm sure as hell not going to go through a whole show again like Monday. That ain't never going to happen again. And like I said, it's just a question of whether you know whether my agent slash lawyer, who's a very silly queen, whether he really is serious about you know getting Joe Bell and holding his nose to the fire or not. And I really doubt it because he's he's always got you know. Well, I've got so and so going to be on my show on uh, on whatever make believe station he's on this week. You know that has no audience. That stuff. And you know what else we got to do is the, is the break. It's day oh, oh, oh. in Miami town. Yes, yes. At 560 WQAM. I failed to yield at a crosswalk. I changed lanes at the intersection. I changed lanes without signaling while running a red light and speeding. I got pulled over on the interstate. I need you to step out the vehicle. For a speeding violation. Driving like a maniac. They smell sunry for smoke their way. I'm looking for the pot. Oh, yeah. They nailed me for some pot possession. What kind of joint is this, man? When they saw guns in my car. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. I've made a mistake. The one thing that they cannot back me Who can say no to 49 cent cheeseburgers? Along with red and glassy eyes. All right, so he gets a little crazy when he's stoned. Bye, bye, bye! <laughs> 